Alrighty. Joe. How are you? Well, you know what? I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about the audio that I fucking don't want to talk about. But it turns out I was using a uh, mic level on the um, on the big uh, black magic box here instead of line level. And, uh, you know, God is good. Right on. Um, so, Joe, are you there? Mm hmm. Good. Perfect. Great. Great. <sighs> Opening shout out today. Jacob V. Weekly, February 11th, 2021. Uh, I just saw on Facebook the Crow's Nest, my favorite little local place to get kicked out of, uh, just posted. And we're back, kind of, starting Monday, February 22nd. We'll be reopening with a limited menu and packaged booze for curbside pickup only. Stay tuned for more information in the coming weeks. Very small space there, so hard to socially distance. They've been kind of just completely closed. But um, they're going to start uh, doing the menu again uh, curbside, so uh, do that. I think I need to break up with drive-thrus altogether. I think I completely need to uh, just separate that from my life. The experience has gotten so bad and so inconsistent since COVID. Uh, and my wife doesn't eat out of a drive-thru. She won't really. That's just not her speed. We like to kind of commit to more local options, and usually that kind of leads us to in a more healthy direction. <laughs> um, we get groceries delivered. Because uh, I fucking hate stores, so we go delivery all the time, especially since COVID. Now on that one, uh, and when you have your own place, you kind of lose that kind of like desire to leave. You know what I mean? You feel like you have most of the stuff. I got all my shit here. You know what I mean? I got all my toys. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Just if you can get to the window in a drive-through, and there's people working there that can actually service you in any kind. I don't mean just to help out in any kind of way. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to have a, a positive experience. I get a lot of regular Cokes, and you know I don't drink regular Cokes. <laughs> yeah. We have a big, big, big show today. We have visitors. Uh, we have, uh, or we will have visitors. We will have uh, uh, some experts on some different topics. This is sort of uh, going to carry over some stuff from last week, but uh, God damn it, Joe. What? Is it a lot of noise? I put the limiter on. No, no, no. no. It has oh. nothing to do with you. I'm, just, I'm <laughs> mad because Gen Z is calling millennials out. Do you identify as a millennial? I do. I'm actually the tail end. Yeah, you're like the youngest millennial I can think of. You're like 24. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I really think you had to be like post 9-11. Like we're going to talk to my yeah. brother-in-law here in a minute, I hope, who is our resident kind of Zoomer, and I'm going to ask him some questions. But He's um, like double my age. What? He's like way old. Oh, your brother-in-law. Okay. My brother-in-law. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. He's he's uh, he's younger than I think the oldest Zoomers we call them. The Gen Z kids are twenty-one just now. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, how are we gonna? How they're are mad at us. They're mad at us. He's gonna jump in this call. Uh, he. They're mad. At, I wrote some stuff down. That they're mad at us about skinny jeans, side parts, Harry yeah. Potter, and our internet culture. I saw a meme that read. The anatomy of an old person. And mind you, I'm an absolute millennial. I was born in 91. My brother-in-law is 19. He's who we're going to talk to here in a minute. He was born after 9-11. He's Gen Z for sure. The oldest Gen Z motherfuckers are like 21. And oldest millennials are like in their 30s. Uh, but who gives a shit? And so the meme says, and I'm going to ask him about this. Aging millennials are characterized by their love of things like side parts, skinny jeans, wine, and the laughing cry emoji. 
many millennials, like this one, are in a state of discomfort regarding their proximity to middle age. So get the ninja stars, Joe. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? Yeah. How? I mean, in this right. economy? <laughs> Yeah, it is funny. You've it is funny that that those people are are middle aged. Like they're gonna like. I, I would love to see the conservative millennial. Well, um, like a oh yeah, there's my. I mean, definitely millennials in their thirties. I just turned thirty. Yeah, I guess that was. I guess really the uh, yeah, what captures the image of the conservative frustrated millennial really is what's going on right now. Like what makes me so the, mad. Is these yeah like some of those psychos like fucking Candace Owens is definitely a millennial yeah right Ben Shapiro is probably an, an older millennial I have no idea how old he is he could be twelve he could be forty eight I'm not sure he really could be yeah. he's a he's a Martian yeah he's like a gray yeah nah, 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 nah. that's the way he talks secondly first off I'm so pissed about this whole thing about that whole me I should put it on the screen I don't think I have it on my on my computer um. I'll text it to you. You could. How do, you, what do you? What can you do? What does that you even? You can text mean? me. You can get me all all other ways. I mean, um, call me, me beat me if you, you know. wanna. Is that Marilyn me. Manson? No, that's Kim. That's <laughs> that's uh, impossible. Um, first off, if yeah, I was skinny, I, I wouldn't wear the skinny jeans. I I wore bootleg for a long time, and it made me look like fucking Frankenstein's monster. I felt like a big. <laughs> I felt like a. I felt like I was made out of. Like uh, branches or uh, logs was the word yeah. I couldn't think of. You're like a. You're like a. Secondly, like a, I would love for any of these kids. These are a lot of these kids. A lot of <laughs> I've you know I know Gen Z very well. I, you know I, that's been my whole teaching career is these little bastards, and I would love for any of them to read me a page out of Harry Potter with any fluency. I didn't know. Just because there was a popular series of books out that taught us all how to read, I didn't know that was a crime. <laughs> right. Just because you can't read seven long books. Yeah. That's probably it's not their fault. <laughs> that's what makes this whole thing hard, is a lot of them are still children. Right. <laughs> even if they're twenty one, even if they're twenty two, that's I mean, that's a that's a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What am I gonna am I gonna have a challenge of a nineteen year old kid to a spelling bee? Right. Is that what I'm gonna do? <laughs> I mean, we've totally stagnated in literacy for like a decade as a nation. If someone under the age of 21 actually wrote the blurb on that meme, there's some big words in there. That person should be like the poet laureate to their drooling fucking peers. Because I was like, who? first off, they don't know. They just don't know. I'm sure there's smart ones out there. They don't let me work with the smart ones usually. But I'm sure they exist. <laughs> you're in a study. You're in a study thing right now, aren't you? Yeah, we're all trying to <clears throat> we're all trying to read Huckleberry Finn. All no, you're together. not. Yeah, no, we are. It's, no, you're not. And it's literally like calculus. We're just sitting here, like, what the fuck? That's not really what you're doing. Yeah, that is. We have the here's the manuscript, and we're just trying to debunk what all these words mean. It's really weird. We just all feel really unprepared. I mean, this is this is American literature four. This is the fourth version of this class. Like. It's not really fun. I don't think it's the version. I said the virgin. virgin. Why? <laughs> that it's the edition, virgin. Um like Britney Spears. You leave her alone. <laughs> don't you start with me. 
Don't come at my girl. We're going to talk about that shit in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Super Bowl. This is so funny. So my wife is working on her MBA and had two projects to work on that night, Sunday night of the Super Bowl. And so she suggested that I like live stream along with the Super Bowl. I assume like a companion. Um, and we were doing great. We made it like 29 whole minutes. And I had the game looking really good. We were having fun. And then YouTube pulled it. NFL copyright. And then Twitch pulled it. With a 48-hour ban and a strike on my account, Facebook is too dumb. I think the first 29 <laughs> minutes of me talking over an HD stream that I, I guess I was accidentally illegally restreaming, uh, that's still up on the Facebook, I think. I should have been doing a, a companion, like just a talk along. You know, a podcast will do this. They'll they'll companion an episode of a show or a live sporting event or something. Uh, I don't know why that didn't come to me. Maybe it was a little late in the day. Maybe I didn't plan this far enough in advance to really figure out how to do it the right way. But I was basically pirating the the CBS stream of the Super Bowl and putting it on Twitch, and that's why they got mad. Yeah. So, you know, we know better. <laughs> we know better. Game was boring as fuck. I wanted those nobodies from Kansas City to win just because I wanted Tom Brady to have to deal with maybe I can't do it without Bill Belichick and maybe I'm not perfect and I'm not, you know, the the best of all time. And I don't know. He looked really good. Uh, they whooped fucking Kansas City like a motherfucker. I don't really watch a lot of sports, but it was... I went to bed, I think, before the fourth quarter. Everybody did, yeah. Um, I also heard, uh, yeah, final score was 31-9. to nine. Uh, I heard Brady sort of handpicked his starting lineup, uh, not just bringing Gronk out of retirement, but like three or four other dudes as well. I'd be pissed, if initially at least. Like, I'd be excited to have A-listers on my team if I was some guy that lived in Kansas City and played for the fucking... Chiefs like they, they some, those were some Midwestern looking dudes on that yeah. team you know what I mean there was some neck meat there was some yeah. there was some corn in the feed you know what I'm saying and then the uh it's just a different different thing with uh but you would think Tampa Bay Buccaneers like that's not a team that you would think sounds <laughs> like I'd never heard of before even but it's because Brady brought like four or five dudes it kind of like took over. Why is your hand on your face? I feel like the equivalent of throwing the Gatorade on the coach at the during the. Oh, see, I was game. asleep by then. Well, I feel like the equivalent to that in the Midwest is like, you know, if a Midwest team wins, you throw the keg in the fireplace, you know, and you just yeah. explode the keg in the bush light. <laughs> um, it's an attempt. Lots of mixed. Lots of mixed opinions about kind of, of course, everything has to have a political kind of interpretation. People are mad at Bruce Springsteen's Jeep commercial and then his, you know, goofy DUI experience. There's like, that's all still kind of crazy. One shot of tequila. Yeah, it's weird. And I don't know anything about him or his behavior or his history with alcohol. So, you know, who knows? I wasn't there. I'm not, I don't have a dog in that fight, as they say. But also his Jeep commercial was so like, America's all about Coming together, meeting in the middle, <laughs> agreeing. <laughs> we got to reach across the aisle for the ketchup. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? And I hate that shit more than anything. You know me. You know me. Yeah. 
And uh, so I don't know. And so (laughs) I I hear a lot of, I hear so much, so many like honkies, I'll call them specific dude. I'm not going to say all old white dudes do this, but this specific type of dude, I'm thinking new balance dudes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you're talking about. I'm thinking on right now. They 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 say things like, uh, "Well, I just wish we could keep the politics out of it, yeah. right?" And as educated and appropriately employed members of our privileged class, of course. But the appropriate channels allow minorities to be totally ignored historically, and that's why we can't just let you have a nice little football game. Is because, you know, when you're having a nice little football game, people are also getting shot in the face. Right. You know what I mean? And if we, people weren't getting shot in the face, we could all have a nice little football game. But when you're getting shot in the face, it's hard to have a nice little football game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a – do we even need – what are we doing? Do we even need to talk about that? <laughs> no. I mean, that's just on my list of <laughs> things I wrote down during the Super Bowl. I know. I'm not trying to criticize. I was just the, <clears throat> that's the, the response. I you don't want to go there. Well, I'll bring it up with Al. Al will help out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's cool. Halftime show was fun. Uh, it didn't feel like a live set, though. It felt like a uh, like a performance to the cameras, like some kind of a live shoot, like live stream thing, which I guess is kind of what it was. Um, and I love The weekend. His voice is a little high for some of the live banter and whatnot. Like at one point, he went, Super Bowl! Yeah, and like, right. You sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks, brother. <laughs> right, and is, then yeah. the mustache and the working up on the camera is just not how I know him. I don't really know him to be so... Like, like that was very like that was the David Hasselhoff approach, right? Like beat up on the camera. It's like, look at me, <laughs> oh yeah, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean. Right. And Running down. That's not who the weekend was. Yeah. You know what I mean. And I guess he wants to step into that role a little bit more. He's got a big world tour coming up, and and again, I love a lot of his music. I mean, his first um, that big album was it called Trilogy? But it was like yeah. three albums at, at at once. It was great. Right. Or three EPs, maybe. I don't know if they were full, all full length or whatever. Uh, but I also thought his show was supposed to be 24 minutes. I thought that's why he put so much of his own money in it. Was it 24 minutes? Definitely didn't feel like it. It didn't feel it. like it. You could have told me it was the usual 12. Oh, we were talking about this already. Have you heard all the people are mad at Justin Timberlake? Why? He's been called out in some documentary for uh, exploiting his experiences with both Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. Yeah, they sh- you know they should go after him thirty years ago for that. A huge part of his breakout <laughs> as a young artist, I remember, was was him dating Britney Spears. You're probably young for this. Yeah, that was probably epic. But yeah, they like that's you probably saw the picture. They had the matching denim, yeah, outfits that were yeah, ridiculous. And, I remember. Um, and I love Britney Spears. I'm picking her in that fight all the time, and I'm a huge Justin Timberlake fan historically. They said about they said the halftime show was about twenty minutes long. By the way. Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be a full twenty-four, but I mean, I just it didn't feel long at all. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Apparently, he. Um. Well, also, you can, even if you look at the Jan Jackson thing, he was the one that kind of exposed the breast, and then she gets oh, all the blame. Yeah. He he goes on TV and says, "Oh, I'm appalled," right. and then no, he did. He said and then that. a couple years later. He was back in, this, in the halftime show. Meanwhile, yeah. Janet Jackson was never on TV again, to my knowledge. That is funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, they were both very young when him and Britney dated, but she's obviously not well. And, you know, he just maybe, and maybe this is just the double standard of society, but their breakup kind of, you know, made her look bad yeah. and made him look like a, 
cool right. dude. I don't know. I yeah. mean, like it didn't. It just wasn't the same thing. He, maybe that's just him leveraging his privilege. But yeah. he gets to go just jump on SNL whenever he wants and be in A list movies whenever he wants. Right. And drop yeah. album. He smokes a lot of weed. That's why he doesn't make more music. He said that before. And uh, and I love all of his stuff. I love all of his records play a really important role at the moment in my life that they came out. Like all of his solo records. And Instinct was huge when I was a little kid. I was more of a Backstreet Boys girl. The Spice Girls <laughs> were my first love, really. The Spice Girls were really my first jam. They're incredible. It's an incredible band. I mean, and it was the, the allure and just the, I always liked pretty girls anyway. And then the girl power thing. And there was like nine of them. And, you know. Yeah. They all had. They were also kind of like the Power Rangers. They were like if you took right. a girl pop band and then made them all have this slight mythology, so it's a little more fun. And then yeah. they had that movie. I I burnt that movie out, son. When I had that on VHS, Spice it was Spice World. <clears throat> it was like a feature film about like a fictional leg of their tour where they like met aliens. Did you never see Spice World? I I'm I'm you motherfucker. I I thought you were talking about uh, what is it? The Cheetah Girls, Josie and the Pussycats. No, there was actually a band called the Cheetah, and Raven Simone was kind of in it, kind of not. In no, it. no, no. So, this is way before Raven Simone. What they they uh, they kind of appropriated the Spice Girls thing. I think it was a movie about the Spice, kind of like the Monkees in America compared to the Beatles. So so you haven't seen Spice World. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. God. <laughs> My question there is where were the parents? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I'll have to I'll send you a copy. I have it on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can teach me how to read Huckleberry Finn. I'm not doing that. <laughs> that I'll tell you right now, that's a waste of time. You should have read that by now. That's yeah, that's what they're telling me. <laughs> it's weird. You didn't read that in school? No, no, we we actually fo- focused mostly on uh, Harlem Renaissance African American literature for twelve years. Yeah, you only read stuff from the Harlem Renaissance for twelve years. I've read Song of Solomon eight times. What? I've read Song of Solomon eight times. Who wrote that? That was uh, don't what's her name? I, I don't. Well, it's a. Uh, hey, always... you know you're my Google guy, right? Right. You s- Song of Solo, <laughs> it will finish it for you. It'll say, Song of Solomon is an American novel by Tony Morrison, you Tony fucking Morrison. idiot. I wrote uh, a beautiful... You were waiting for me to say it. You I wrote a beautiful <laughs> paper about The Bluest Eye when I was in college, and I never read it. Who's that? The Bluest Eye was another Tony Morrison novel. Oh. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh! Everybody's calling me. Who's calling you? My girlfriend was calling me, and I'm in the study group. Does she not know that that we have this appointment? She does. She just is. Ignorant. Does she want to talk to me? <laughs> See, whenever you're around, she does. Um. But what do we even do about Justin Timberlake? Let's even let's even like it's not he's not a criminal. Even if we delete all his future opportunities, he's already still loaded as fuck. He's got all this money. He could just ghost. That smarmy fucker who I've loved. 
he gets to just move to Mars with Elon Musk and Kim Kardashian, and I'm going to be down here cleaning <laughs> up the mess. <laughs> yeah. He, if he I'm really... lucky, if I'm lucky, I'll be eaten alive by my own grandchildren. Like that's right. best case scenario for my, for our generation. Though, <laughs> is if yeah. we're lucky, yeah, I'll get to be old enough to have grandchildren, and then I'll let them eat me alive because it'll be fucking Mad Max down here. Yeah, and all the fucking millionaires will be up in Elysium. Yeah, on Mars with Elon. That would be funny if we become the third world country and there's like a three days grace kind of band on Elysium and they're like their music video is like what's going on on Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, they have like these <laughs> these war scenes and these yeah. like these apocalyptic landscapes. And it's just, yeah, we shot this on location back on Earth. It's yeah, fucked up down Earth. there. They fly yeah. in. They, they hover down in a Tesla drone and they get out and they lip sync to their song <laughs> and then they fly back up and say, bro, we shot this on earth. That's good. That's the time. Have you ever been to earth? Up. Yeah, right. That's going to be great. That's I bet awesome. I'll be delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the baby's got to eat. The baby's got to eat. My God. Well, we solved that. Oh, God, speaking of the apocalypse, inmates at St. Louis jail attack corrections officer set fires to their unit. About 150 detainees escaped their cells and were able to overtake the jail's fourth floor, according to Mayor Lyda Cruz's communications director, Jacob Long. So you saw this as it was happening, right? Yeah. It was so crazy. They busted out windows. They were holding out sheets with, like, signs on them. I don't know what they said. And uh, yeah. it was, a, And then it turned into a big controversial thing that they were protesting um the inhumane conditions especially concerning their covid precautions right activists but, called it an act of courage and a protest against inhumane conditions for example it took almost seven hours for the revolt at the city's justice center to be brought under control we have hundreds of people in jail pre-trial right this is jail this is not prison so these are people that haven't been actually like convicted of anything yet uh, many of them can't afford bail, and that's why they're there. Also, there are people that had tested positive on that floor in that jail, and there are people that were displaying symptoms. These folks were just being housed in the same unit as people who hadn't tested positive and had no symptoms. So people were just letting the cellmates, who weren't even convicted prisoners yet, right? Uh, they were just letting them r just lounge about in this uh unprotected sea of 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 covid which again i'm sure there will be plenty of people in the comments like well good if they hadn't committed a crime but i don't know right. i don't know i mean innocent until proven guilty is kind of still a thing people act like is important to them so i think we maybe we should pay attention to that a little bit are they supposed to be able to afford bail um i'm not defending the practice. well even even if the, i don't know what the law is locally but even if you only have to put up 10% of the bail or in cash or you know somebody can sign for it or you have a bail bondsman or whatever right, right i mean those are all examples of privilege what if you have nobody to call what if you're yeah. a crazy homeless person and you get arrested for trying to break into a place and then they can't put you on trial for 7 months and you have literally no way to verify your bail yeah 
And homeless doesn't mean living on the street. Homeless could mean, oh, you know, I, I get to sleep at this buddy's house most nights and sometimes in my car or whatever. It could be a lot of different things. There's just a huge range of options in poverty. That's what makes it so fun. Yeah. Yeah, make it a board game. Man, you have you are you are dynamic like a block of ice. I'm tonight. sorry, I, I'm no, I've been I'm doing a lot of yes. Can you I do just, me a favor? Can you go yeah. find a bucket and a mop and, and fill it with your own shit <laughs> and let me talk to that bucket of shit? <laughs> yeah. The the Gen Z is being laid on purpose. I think he's catfishing me. He, he said, "Oh, he said I'm on my way, but he's not here." Dude, and, and that is maybe so, he doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe he's going to give us the full class experience. He's going to show up. I don't. He's going to make us look dumb. Is what he's going to do. He's going to be like yeah. invites. Yeah. He joined what? Where did he join? Um, let's come over to some of these other articles, though, Jake. I feel like. This oh God, do we have more stuff here? here? Do we finish the prison thing? You didn't. Yeah, we're done with the prison. I mean, that's a problem. We're gonna keep. We're gonna follow up on that. Oh wait, are we, are we waiting for the rest of the material for him? No. Oh. I mean, I thought he'd be in and out already. Yeah, so the, just so everybody knows, the $15 minimum wage is only to government jobs. Oh, is that how that works? Biden's $15 <laughs> minimum wage would cost 1.4 million jobs, is what the headline says. Yeah, but it's like, uh, this is also the Washington Post, but it's uh, it's not for, it's not for just the, the it's not for just regular workers. Like everybody, yeah. You think it just applies to people that work for the federal government? Yeah. Well, well. Sorry, the first pay increase is because it's tiered, and, right? It's gradual. Yeah, and then yeah, later on, I'm sure his hope is to have, but that's just, I don't know. It's very complicated too. To well, great. It. Okay, so you'll work on that. We'll figure that out later. Well, I don't know. Do you really want to talk about it? Do you want to talk uh, about how, like? I think Al will have some opinions on that. Hey, yeah, would, put, pin that for Alfred. Alfred Ludwig's going to be on the program tonight, y'all. Highlighting red. <coughs> Cut. Paste. I love Al. Who? Al. Yeah, he's great. We're also uh, expecting Chris Ward on the program at any minute. Uh, the name of the episode tonight is Stonks. We typically don't pre-pick the name of the episode. Yeah. But uh, we've planned this conversation here, as we've alluded to in our previous streams. We got one more. Let's hit another one of these headlines before we move forward. Uh Uh-oh, we got a visitor here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Christopher? Jason Bourne. Am I on the show? Yeah, you're you're live on the air at Jacob V Weekly. How are you today? Hey, what's up, man? I'm good. I really, really appreciate I, uh, your time. I almost changed my sweater because I saw you had a red sweater. No, no, no. Uh, this is great. My only other sweater is yellow. Here, stop the steal. You know what I'm saying? Stop <laughs> the steal. Generation Z. No, 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 no. This is Chris yes. Ward. This is our um, Chris Ward. Is our is our stonks uh, uh, man on the street. We were waiting on, we're getting catfished by my brother-in-law who's 19. We had a, a meme that we started talking about on the show that uh-huh. um, where, you know, 
Gen Z is accusing millennials of of aging poorly or something. I forget how we how they worded it. <laughs> and uh, and so I wanted to have my 19 year old brother in law is the only Gen Z person I really know mm-hmm. on to explain his angle on the generational divide. And um, mm. he can't figure out how to work Zoom. So it's just like my normal That's experience. Great irony. I yeah. heard uh, Joseph. I heard you say you were at the opposite end of the millennial spectrum, and I am on the. Opposite in. Yeah, the, so wow. Chris is I'm one a, of our... I'm a zennial, so I'm mm-hmm. 39, so I'm... Yeah. Jesus. We wow. have nothing in common. Yeah, Joe's here. 24. <laughs> I'm 30. I'm right in the middle. Um, Al is 78. He's going to be here uh, at 8 o'clock, I believe. Um, so, Chris... The, the internet is thrilled for the three white guys talking about their age show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's all... Guys, make sure you're you're smashing that like button. We are three Midwestern white dudes at various <laughs> ages. Call in now and tell us your age. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Is that a Schnooks brand, Dr. Pepper? It's a bubbly. Oh, it's a fucking bubbly. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sponsored, so I got to get this product in. It kind of matches your coat or whatever you're wearing. Yeah, your my Hillary kid. Clinton jacket. It's not bad. <laughs> my Kimbone uh, light. Oh yeah, that's not. It's good. It's got a nice kind of pinkish underhue yeah. on yeah. there. So, Chris, um, again, the reason we originally reached out to you, you and I have known each other for like ten years. For you doing a lot of different things. Ten years. It's like crazy, like that. Yeah, I was like nineteen or something. It maybe. Oh my yeah. God, you're right. That's that's yeah. Okay. And so, and we've done various things together. Um, uh either musically or performance wise, or just, you know, um, one time you made me put, you dress up like a teddy bear and like smash some art. Oh, that's right. Uh, KDHX art attack. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I made you buy me like nine fat tires and then I had to sit in the parking lot and eat a honey bun. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah it was I, a great I, night. I it was a great you, night. Uh, un- buying underage kids alcohol is my, I don't favorite. know if that's what, I don't know if I was that young then it's possible. <laughs> um, it's, it was right on the verge. But really, the reason that I invited um, you to come on now as opposed to any other time is because you and I were talking on Clubhouse a couple weeks ago in the midst of the whole GME, GameStop, AMC, mm-hmm. Nokia, Wall Street bets uh, thing that Doesn't exploded. That seem like eight months ago? But, bro, if you look at the calendar... It, two weeks, right? It's hardly two weeks. It's February 11th. It, it started, like, the Friday before... I think it was the last Friday in February that it kind of, or in January, I mean, that it kind of started um, in a way that people like me kind of found out about it. So I wanted to talk to you about when and where you heard about what and how that influenced your behavior. And then when you got off the train and then we'll get to where the train is now. Uh, I got on the train when I was just sort of like on Reddit. And I don't remember why, because I don't really hang out there a lot anymore, but I got, I caught wind of it and I had already owned some stocks because I bought. I wanted to learn about stocks, and I still know nothing about stocks. But I got the Robin this was Hood definitely app. my first experience. Right, this was yeah. um, really jumping on Clubhouse with you motivated me just to download Robinhood and kind of engage in the process enough that I could learn about it. Because yeah. there's so much vocabulary involved that we we would don't necessarily have to be the authority on or anything. But it was just such a like you're saying it's a. It's not that you're an expert. It's that you were learning it from at the consumer level. Yeah. Never listen, never listen to me about finances right. for any reason. Right. I guess we should make that uh, disclaimer yeah. now. For, for any reason. And I know yeah. Al, if Al's coming on, isn't he a lawyer? Yeah, he's much better about, okay, about so, covering our asses. Yeah, yeah he's, he, he, uh, that's he, really why I like to have him on. He's kept us from, <laughs> from, 
from getting canceled, at least here locally, for a long time. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, I got the app just to kind of learn about stocks, me and my buddies. And then I had a few, but then I caught wind of this thing and I, I bought some up. I didn't get GameStop. I didn't get in on that early. I bought it in a dip uh, when it already kind of. So it had already started. That trend had already started. It started, but I, I bought it for like a hundred bucks and I think I sold it for like 400 or something. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't get on. But I got on the AMC, Blackberry. Uh, what else? Nokia, like some other ones kind of early. And I got out the day after because it, it took off and that day was crazy and it was exciting and fun. What day was I, that? That was, um, is this a deposition? Yeah, it's a deposition. <laughs> this is all on record. What day? Uh, I, I want to say, what, was that a Thursday or a Wednesday? It took off. It was incredible. And then, um, you know, I wish you had someone on your show who could just Google things. And yeah, it's almost like I it's up. almost like I don't have one of those guys. <laughs> it's almost like I I'm have trying a, to learn Huck Finn. He's fucking Jesus. in an English class right now. Apparently, I didn't I'm, know. I'm looking it up. What day? But I thought that you would have the inside scoop. Like it was a couple days earlier. Because Joe, this is a conversation. You're badgering my witness, sir. I brought I brought funny little hand props. Yeah, the- we got a hand prop and a globe. Okay. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so I, I got in and then that day it was crazy. Right. And then that, that very next day when Robin Hood fucked us. Yeah. Um, everything, I, I, I just watched my money. I, it was like down 900 bucks or something. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. And it was like, at that point, either get out and lose the money or stay and see what happens. Or I, I don't know what, I guess those are my options. Cause Robin Hood froze, froze me out of buying. So, because you put orders in, but then they refunded them when the market actually opened because they couldn't confirm them? No, what they did is I bought all the stocks I wanted to buy. Robinhood, the next day, said, you can't buy any more stocks, but you can sell. Right. Okay. So, that I was a part of that. I remember that. So, that puts me in the position of – because when that happened, it happened to a lot of people and they freaked out. So, if nobody can buy, then the price can't go up and everybody starts panicking and dumping stocks. So the price is plummeting and my money's in and there's nothing I can do. Um, so I waited the next day and I think out of revenge or spite, like it shot back up that next day. And then I cashed out. Oh, okay. Uh, Cause probably people were, well, I know that the next couple of days they would open up 10 shares at a time or five shares at a time per buyer. Yeah, Really stupid. Stuff. And they would open like, up one share per transaction per buyer. Yeah, and and I don't know what the analogy is. It's all it's open. Like it's all run. over now, but also the whole the run has is gone. Also from both right. of those, it, I believe. You know, it's dropped. You know, I've I've I actually stayed at AMC and BlackBerry because I thought BlackBerry was a decent stock on. The well, team. and you and me talked about that. Own. We don't necessarily have to talk about the the idea yeah, behind the so. BlackBerry thing, but um, if you don't want to, but it's uh, it's a it. BlackBerry may actually have business they're doing, whereas yeah, you know yeah. AMC, AMC and GameStop. That's not necessarily why those stocks were increasing in price. It had exactly. nothing to, yeah, it had nothing to do with their assets or their their business decisions. It kind of converged because BlackBerry was like it's a kind of a meme stock. People think about BlackBerry and they're like, oh, those old phones, you know. But they've actually pivoted to like cybersecurity and stuff. So they have stuff going on. Uh, the analogy I used for Jacob was like Smucker's Raspberry Preserves. You know that company? Uh-huh. Hey, uh, do younger millennials know Smucker's? <laughs> The jelly, Joe. Do you eat Smuckers? Yes, I've had Smuckers. Okay. Why are you mad about it? I'm not. 
with a name like Smuckers, you got to be mad. That's their slogan. Um, really? Smuckers, um, <laughs> Smuckers is, uh, they mostly make dog food now. I had no idea. So they've pivoted and they're making all this money, but it's that not sounds delicious. public knowledge. So they were already making dog food. Peanut butter. Slam Smuckers. Smuckers is they, the shit, but don't they make they that, that side by side? That's weird. Take that grape jam. You got dog food in my jelly. You got peanut butter in my dog food. Do <laughs> great taste. It tastes. Did they um? Good. They do the one that's the strips of jelly and peanut butter in the same jar. Uh yes, uh, disgusting. I will. Not, I don't like peanut butter, so I'll never go near. Yeah. It. So what do you do with the jam? Just on a biscuit, a savory I take biscuit. I my finger. I just get the jelly. Oh out, my god. And I leave the peanut butter in. Give that away. No, I just meant with when with preserves in general. That's not. This is an analogy. What's the difference between preserve, compote, and jelly and jam? Well, I know compote usually has all of the pulp and twigs and shit still in it. Uh, okay. But it could still be delicious. Much, much different from blueberry compost. Compote, compost is a cousin is to preserves. It's made <laughs> with fresh or dried fruit, cooked slow and low in a sugar syrup. <laughs> where is- preserves, uh, which are jarred for future use, um, and jelly is a paste that is uh, oh. processed. You're breathing that all slow and sexy in my ear in a way that I gotta chill up my spine. Jelly, <laughs> jelly's like it was compotes are slowly <laughs> boiled. Jam is more like a butter. So okay, so talk to me about um, kind of your experience mm-hmm. uh, since since kind of backing out of the the big crazy um, and kind of I'm assuming you're still with Robin Hood. No, I deleted the app, closed my account. I was, I'm, I will never use them again. Okay, really? good. So talk to me about that. So um, let me give my audience a little bit of a background because my mom called me yesterday and said, hey, what about GameStop? I'm like, Jesus Christ, mom. <laughs> that was eight months ago. Yeah. And, uh, and so to be clear, I wrote some stuff down. Hans? Hans! <laughs> and uh, let me see what I got here. Oh. Um. Obviously, we can't ignore uh, the stock market whirlwind of the last few weeks, but it's really just been like a week and a half. Uh, and we're talking about uh, Reddit um, kind of originated a – not the company Reddit, but a page on Reddit, which is like a blogging site for my old ladies out there. Uh, people write shit, and they, you could talk about it. Um, started to run on stocks for otherwise failing companies, GME being GameStop and AMC Theaters, who I thought were out of business, and then we're back, and it's a big – Gamble, um, you've likely read that. Our Wall Street bets mobilized thousands of private citizens, independent investors to buy up stocks in these companies that have been targeted by short-selling hedge fund groups. Um, and for example, like you mentioned, uh, GME had fallen as to as low as $4 at one point before, like you said, you bought it at $100 a share and sold yeah. it at something like $400 a share. Yeah. That's the level of the, the, the craziness. And that's not normal for a stock to do that. Right. Right. Oh, you're asking me? <laughs> no, I'm just just the room. Just oh. the room. Blah, blah, blah. So no, it's not normal. So. Yeah. So it's kind of died off is in the in the craziness part, but it's mm-hmm. still very much an ideological conversation like you were alluding yes. to. And so you had started this kind of process on the app Robinhood, which is a we call a retailer, a place yeah. for consumer level individuals like you and I to buy and trade stocks ideally mm-hmm. right it's yeah, not yeah. a completely open experience but um then they kind of bottlenecked the whole thing 
Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of rumors about why they did that. Some people said it was a liquidity issue. They went on TV and said it wasn't. Then it was kind of like, yeah, it was. And then um, this hasn't necessarily come up in court yet because I'm sure all that stuff is still working out. But basically they shut down knowing they were this major outlet for people to interact with that stock at the consumer yes. level. Um, they totally throttled it. And, of co- I mean, the stock would have not tanked or dipped – when yeah. it did, if it had, if trade had been integral the same way, especially because fifty one percent of GameStop um, stockholders at the time that I read that stat, uh, uh, or no, fifty one percent of Robinhood users owned uh, GameStop parts. Right, of, owned and that stock makes sense GameStop. because that's the audience that Robinhood is geared at. Right, GameStop. So if you dorks. built a, if you built a McDonald's and you yeah. were like, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> so if you built a, if you took some smuckers and you went to McDonald's, what are we talking about? I started like this is going to be a great metaphor, and then I got as far as McDonald's. Yeah, but if if your main customer was like, we love cheeseburgers, we love your you know cheeseburger, and they and then suddenly everyone was coming for your cheeseburger, and then you were like, no, you can't have any more cheeseburger. I mean, that's why we're there, man. Yeah, it's like what? No, yeah, it's very. It's like saying it's like uh, it's like Jamie from Warrant saying I'm not going to play Cherry Pie anymore. I'm like, yes, motherfucker. I came to River City Casino to yeah. see you play Cherry Pie eleven times in a row. Unironically, mm-hmm. R.I.P. I think he. I think he died. No one gets a piece of the pie. God damn it, Hans. Yeah. Sorry, it was but my cat. It was. It was very like. There's a few weird storylines going on. So that one's kind of old at this point, but like, right. you know, Robinhood screwed over its user base. You know, once been everybody, everybody took off that, you know, but there's other, there's this other thing, which is like this whole movement, which has moved over to Dogecoin, Dogecoin, cryptocurrency. Dogecoin, Dogecoin. Dogecoin. So everybody that got burned on, on GameStop through That's that. That's the current narrative. They kind of moved them narratively to dogecoin right? uh-huh. and then elon musk was tweeting about it it was like well we're gonna take the power back the people's currency dogecoin so they got a bunch of people yeah. to buy dogecoin. i'm getting ads all the time um all about, the time. about new apps that are letting you buy dogecoin and exactly. uh and it's also speaking of elon musk and we, this was listed on something i wanted to talk to you both you and alfred about assuming we have time is that every day he's uh tweeting that he's going to get off twitter but then he tweets something else that totally blows up something in the stock market yes he told over the weekend this last weekend he blew up bitcoin by like five thousand dollars bitcoin closed at like 38.5 on friday because i've been watching this stock guy on mm-hmm. twitch and then i woke up monday morning i'm sitting on the toilet i look in robin hood and it's uh bitcoin is like forty three thousand dollars just over the weekend yeah, I knew when I woke up one morning that he had tweeted just by looking at the graph and seeing, oh, and right. it spiked, and right. so he must have tweeted, and yes, he did. Yeah, uh, But it's this weird narrative where they're trying to push it as like, this is the people's revolution, this is the people's crypto movement, but there's also all these bots and people who are just kind of spamming this like, buy Dogecoin, buy Dogecoin, because then they pump it and dump it. And so people are still going to get burned somehow. I think when it comes to this stuff, you really got to look out for yourself because anytime you're involved in a movement where you're like, let's go, the people, and you turn around and look behind you, then there's no one there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
Um, oh shit. So especially when it comes to money and finances, it feels like be careful getting caught up in this stuff because, you know, my parents sold Amway uh, in the eighties and I don't know, y'all might be too young to know what Amway is. I wasn't born yet. It was a uh, multi-level marketing scam and they sold oh, yeah. so- different soaps and like powders. I don't know. It was kind of like weird household stuff. Yeah, Elon, Elon Musk tweeted today, Frodo was the underdoge. All thought, all oh, thought he would fucker. fail himself most of all, and it's a ring with a Bitcoin thing on it, so it's like a meme. He's got to be stopped. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's wait. So is it Doge or is it Bitcoin? Because he the, the well, headline there is that Tesla Tesla had put ten ten million dollars of their own cash in Bitcoin, which is right a um, which is an example of a, a major company um, moving to adopt that currency as a viable option. Uh, but their, Dogecoin is not Bitcoin. It's a different currency. You would think if he's moving to Bitcoin that that would hurt Dogecoin. Yeah, but, but is I don't Dogecoin even? How, I don't understand cryptocurrency exactly. And that well, there's a lot of them, and they all have similar but different technologies. Is this what's going on? And it's a race to see who's the best. But Bitcoin's. Um, I did hear that. I mean, like part of how Bitcoin works Bitcoin. is yeah. that every single Bitcoin transaction encodes within it the information of every single other Bitcoin transaction ever. So it's like a save in an RPG where it takes a snapshot of all of your details, right? It takes a binary snapshot, um, meaning like code of um, everything you have currently in the game. So it doesn't have to actually save anything. It just has to recreate the environment um, every single time. So Bitcoin, if... If you have a Bitcoin, that Bitcoin, it's like the sourdough at Panera Bread. I used to work there. <laughs> and every single piece of sourdough bread in that whole company is genetically related to the original starter that they used in the first oh, store, in the okay. first bagel and shit, right? So uh, I've only heard of St. Louis Bread Company. That's same shit. Same shit. Oh. But St. Louis Bread isn't a style of thing. It's really a California-style sourdough they do in there. How deep do you want to go? So, no, we don't know anything about Bitcoin uh, or Dogecoin or crypto or its role in society. Um, If I can't use it in Venmo to fucking buy burritos and and cheesecake, I don't know. I don't know know why I would need it. No, I I, I don't either. That's a big part of where that market has gone. The people that have been throwing Mm -hmm. their money around in this ideological kind of exercise – Yes. Uh, which I'm totally for. I don't want it to sound to sound shitty that I yeah. identify it that way, but that's kind of where the frontier is right now. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's it's hard for it's these ideological things are hard because I do believe in what they ostensibly are like fighting for, but it always gets corrupted because someone's going to make money off of this. You know, well, are they bottleneck? Holding the bag. It's, are yeah. they bottleneck the, the money making? Yeah. Okay. This is the kind of idiot I am. After I got burned by Robinhood, I got out. I got an app called Voyager, which was a Dogecoin like app where I could buy that. I bought there when Dogecoin took off. Uh, one night I was sitting there and it took off. I like at the beginning of dinner, I had a certain amount of money. At the end of dinner, I had two hundred extra dollars. It was like I don't know what's going on. But then they could their servers couldn't handle it, so I got yeah. I got like blocked out again. So, again, I got screwed by that. Well, because it's kind of like the debate about snowplows. We're just going to make analogies all night long yes. until we fucking pass out. It's going to be like a deconstructed SAT. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we're going to do, it's – what was I saying? 
Uh, it's a sourdough, like a sourdough, snowplow, McDonald's. snowplow. So people always say when when a school like like locally we have school districts that are kind of rural that have to have a snow day because they don't have the plows and the whatnot to cover all of this massive land space of snow and ice and the manpower because they would have to keep those things maintained all year every year for yes. maybe every couple of years they actually have to use them because it's not Correct. like. We get pounded every year. Thanks, Al Gore. So yeah, I get pounded every year. Exactly. So a place like Voyager, who is some fucking third-rate retailer of uh, single shares of stocks that fucking people are buying with their unemployment checks, yeah. they can't handle a run of literally millions of dudes trying to – and when I say dudes, I mean that in an uh, uh, asexual, non-binary yeah. sort of sense. But it's mostly dudes. But it's mostly <laughs> – Caucasian dudes, um, just coincidentally, uh, in the stock market, who knew? Um, So they can't handle a run like that. It's like, you know, Parler is like, we're going to be so free that we're going to let people conspire to murder public officials, but we're going (laughs) to rent server space, and now they pulled the plug. You know what I mean? It's like you got to have the infrastructure. If you're really crazy, you'll have your own server space like Alex Jones that costs millions of dollars a year to maintain, (laughs) and you fucking interview the moms of, like, mass shooters and shit. It's so goofy over there. Um, I want to offer a perspective. Oh, fuck. Might might. Well, I want no. I to, want it. I want it. Give it. to I me. I want to pick this apart because I think that it's still a cop out, and it's still similar to what Wall Street does with relying on the ignorance of people in the stock market. Yes. So yes. these, uh, I guess, some people at Stanford, somebody at Stanford, some professor, I guess, is weighed Lame. in the issue and said, uh, "Robin had made optimistic assumptions." Uh, Admati said, "Which is a it's a guy's name, professor." Yeah. Um, and Tenev woke up at 3.30 a.m. and faced a public crisis with a demand from a clearinghouse to deposit money as a safety measure, hedging against risky trades. He had to get $1 billion from investors. Normally, Robinhood only has to put up two for every $100 to vouch for their clients, but now the whole $100 was required. Thus, trading had to be slowed down until the money could be collected. It's like you have a store, and here's an analogy. Great. And you, and <laughs> oh, product, this is an exception. Analogy. It's an analogy yeah, within an analogy, and I got screens within screens. Right. I'm gonna pass oh out. Oh my god. It's well. It says it, it's like you have a store, and your product is a pop is popular, and then you know there's a line out the street, and they all assume they could get it. They could get it, and so there's not enough product. So there but, wasn't enough supply for the. Uh, capacity just like we're talking about yeah. ban- like um uh uh corporate bandwidth right like yeah. the 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 ability for uh the app to do and what they needed to do in a way that was legal and safe to, which, to stress test that system so so right. you're saying right. that so you're saying that there are reasons for cutting or or for halting trade do you think were reasonable or do you think they just I think they were a dis- failure I think they were disingenuous and they lied at first because it was very much like the messages I got, because I, I went to bed, all the, the green line went up, I went to bed, I woke up to, uh, actually I was going to sell some, um, but everything was tanking, and the messages from Robinhood were like, hey, to protect you, 
Right. We are not going to allow you to buy these stocks because they're too volatile and you don't know what you're doing. Is that seriously what the message said? Let me look yeah, I could probably pull it up. It was the volatility was definitely the word they used. They said we that the they oh, halted. I, yeah. I did have a screenshot. Yeah, but I deleted my account. Do I still have my messages? Yes, I do have some messages. So they were like, hey, you know, it's a volatile time and we can't um, we can't let you do this. It was very like condescending even. Yeah. Due to ongoing market volatility, opening new positions in certain securities is limited. Uh, Lots of messages like that. Yeah. Um, You know, I even deposited more than I meant to because of some fuckery with the app. I think it made a double deposit. That happened to me too. I did a double deposit my first time because of the either the way it was set up or whatever. So, um, but then stuff uh, is this. This stuff comes with no training wheels, like Robinhood. I just. I mean, well, there are apps, that's other, what's there are other that's apps what's, that kind of like help you like you don't know what you don't know and they kind of oh, like app stash which i don't like but um it's very like it makes it hard to to get money to spend your money all this yeah. stuff and then there's yeah. this app webull which is just i have that one too like day trading it looks like the uh star trip enterprise it feels like they have to make bitcoin up. is at 48 right now that's ten thousand dollars since friday well since uh, we started talking about dogecoin it's dropped significantly so I'm today really... just now <laughs> uh it's at 67 so my return is negative 40 bucks which alfred ow he has a red oh shirt on oh my gosh this is the so I, I do have to leave shortly, but um, dude, the crossover way Al entered was so snazzy. He was like, <laughs> it's, "That's at- not even his office. He's in his attic right now." <clears throat> oh my, yeah, right. It's I think bathroom. that's a, I think that's a, a blue screen, right? I can't is it? I oh, is you. it? You can, you can. You have the eye. You know, I it's can fake. see it. Yeah, it's it's a total chroma key. Uh, Maybe. Does oh my god! Oh my god! I look like a ghost. Oh, we, we're, oh, we're waiting for him to come on. My mic was muted the okay. whole time. Yeah, I, I, so I, I was w- like, I don't want to be the guy to say it. No, you you we, did. Thank you out. for that. No, I'm 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 here. <laughs> so and yes, it's a it's a green screen. Yeah, I saw it. Unless your Coors was being blinked out of existence by Marty McFly. Somehow. Tonight tonight's session is brought to you by Banquet Beer. If I can get the show up, Banquet the Coors. Mm-hmm. I went straight to banquet. I had wine with dinner instead, so it gross. <laughs> Al, how are you doing? Since I was selling you illegal pizzas, it, they were illegal the last time we talked. They, you, you right. actually gone. Oh, is that what happened to you? I got my light. Well, I'm out of the business now, but um, you, you were you, you went totally legit since we first met. I was able to say I went legit, and then now I'm out of the business. So. It, I, I'm sad you're out of the business, to be honest. Like it's, I, I, I will admit, I it's hard to get a good frozen pizza or any restaurants like I should have through this whole pandemic. Well, that's uh, not why, but I, I, I think I might get back into it someday. But well, not, if you, if not now, keep but, me on your list. If you, if, if the party bear thing ever just happens in whatever iteration, <laughs> I'm totally in. I, um, I think I'm the high bidder on a Hobart mixer from the Atomic Cowboy right now. I'll have to go look. I'm selling one, man. Do you want one? Oh, no. I just like bidding on things. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, um, Alfred, we have um, – we were just wrapping up kind of our conversation about stonks and the whole 
AMC thing, there's a couple things I asked Joe to pin that I wanted to ask you about that while we still have. So Chris was in the Robin Hood experience at the consumer level. Throughout- I, I watched it real time with him. Yeah. And I was there with you, man, the whole time. Even though yeah, I- and I was there in spirit. I felt it. I felt it. So, Alfred, um, from a legal standpoint, I mean, do you think a big class action lawsuit is coming? Do you think it's possible? Do you think they're just going to get away with? I thought they'd uh, already been sued. I thought there was several class action suits against Robin Hood pending. You know, but, the they, relative, but nothing's, of course, gone to trial yet. Well, yeah, it's going to take months and months for that to happen. I mean, the relative merits of it are mixed, but it does. I mean, it's a terrible look what they did at it, it worst or at best for them. You know, at worst, they actually, you know, engaged in some kind of market manipulation, although it's kind of the same theory that you would apply to like a Wall Street bets market manipulation. I mean, really, you're not supposed to be in any manipulative field whatsoever if you're in, in in any way touching on or thinking about securities and you know i think there's cases that can be made certainly for certain individuals on wall street bets but for robin hood you know what they did was just effectively to prioritize certain securities over others and you know effectively they with some other platforms prioritize the ability of certain investors to get into or get out of certain securities in particular you know, uh, GameStop and AMC and a few others you know, that that it's not a good look. I wouldn't I would if, if they came to me like we got this problem. Are we OK? I would not say oh, you're fine. I would want to do some serious looking into it and make sure that that, you know, we we're on the up and up and don't do it again until we talk like that would be my advice off the cuff. Wow. So, Joe, I saw you. Did you just have a comment? Um, yeah. yeah, I was going to ask about that, too. What? What? So the question is: Do you think these no-fee small trader apps are, depending on the cheapness of the trading, couldn't handle lower-class investors representing so much money? Well, that was clearly an issue. You know that—that's what Robinhood said. That is their case. Is they that, said you know, we they, can't handle all these poor people throwing money around. It wasn't about poor people; it was yeah. volume. It was just yeah, it was volume of money. Have, they did not have the, the the you know they have to front these purchases basically. So they had to go borrow on you know whatever their line was to make the trades in the first place. So they said the solution to this is we see this, you know, outsized activity in these particular stocks. We're going to shut those down because they're the source of the thing that's making it unable for us to go and make these trades in real time or as close to real time as we want to. Uh, then they had to borrow $2 billion on their line or, you know, get, get investments to do it. Mm-hmm. And they were able to get these and they get the money right back. So it really is a question of cash flow as opposed to like, whether they have the wherewithal to do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it has anything to do with class. I don't think it has anything to do with you know who the investors are. I think Robinhood truly did get caught unawares by this whole thing. And as the main platform, as the main consumer platform for this, you know, found itself just they ran out of money. And yeah. you know, I just the- meant yeah, lower um they you know, lower uh lower class so that you know they don't have as much money. As these, you know, that's well, what I mean. I, I mean, it, it wouldn't matter if, if you, you just black rock. Hold on. Wait, hold on. Hold the fuck on. Did you just stop the show to say, well, lower class people, they don't have as I'm much money. To cor- I was trying to correct what I was saying. Uh, Did you I just mean, correct a lawyer? Upper, I was I lower class, I think, has a negative implication. That's not what I meant. If this was a room on Clubhouse, I'd call it mansplaining 2021. <laughs> mansplaining dads. This whole Entry show level is course. clockwise mansplain. Yeah, we have three generations of mansplainers in here. Um, 
Great. So uh, one thing that um, I don't know how much we want to get into, but while I have you both here, I know that there is some um, drama heating up in the St. Louis mayoral kind of uh, <laughs> campaign because of um, uh, Lida Krusen has decided to die like the lion from Chronicles of Narnia and just retire. <laughs> and so um, so there's going to be a seat open. And I understand that uh, – that you guys know uh, of the candidates and wanted to talk about them a little bit. This is per Alfred's request. I'm going to pee while you guys start that. Well, I, I, <laughs> I will say that, pee. I mean, you know, it, the clear favorites based on the polling mm-hmm. are Lewis Reed and Tishwar Jones, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's, that's what they're, you know, if you put money on candidates, you've got Kara Spencer, who is a, a, a clearly, I, I don't want to call her a dark horse, but sort of the insurgent here, right. you know, the, both the other candidates have run for mayor in the past they've they've shown up um so chris i know you're a big kara you know i am I'm, help, I am helping i'm helping kara out with some message not messaging things just some things here and there they have some questions about. how does she turn out you know and i'm not a city voter so i can't even turn out to vote for her uh, i would but you uh-huh. know how does she turn out people to to sort of buck that common wisdom yeah it's tough because I mean, it's already a popularity contest and, you know, you know, my, my two favorites are, are Kara and Tashara and I'm glad they get to, to run on that ballot and they're going to get to hopefully square off against each other. I think Lewis Reed has got to get out of the way. Uh, I don't like the guy. Um, he's kind of like Lida Cruz in part two. Yeah. Um, he's good. I love that skateboard meme of him. <laughs> what makes I, him... I sent it to one of my uh, my uh, yeah. friends who's a lobbyist who's close to him, and we both got a kick out of that. What does that mean? Thing. Is that a job? There, there are lobbyists who are jobs. We actually, you know, we have always as a my law firm has always had a lobbyist who is a lawyer. Who you know, you don't have to be a lawyer to be a lobbyist, but having a lawyer who is a lobbyist is a good thing. Uh, but it's it's actually my partner David Sweeney, who used to be the the counselor for the board of aldermen before he went into private practice so he knows all of these players really well um but he's he's a big lewis reed supporter and you know i respect that oh he left a thing on my door with his face on it lewis, lewis reed did, did? <laughs> yeah what what was it lewis reed's pro uh, pro skater too or what because that's the best thing i've ever seen no, no. i made that i made that it was i i forwarded it to him so <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely hit lewis's inbox between us somehow <laughs> so yeah, that was Alfred. A saturday morning well spent so Alfred's going to come on my podcast. He's going to wear a Shamanad pullover. He's going to talk about all the mayoral oh candidates he knows personally. Yeah. I, I don't know I, or or Tishwara personally. I just I may have met. I think him. it's Tishara. Tishara. See, I don't yeah. even know how to say her name. I yeah. Think a, I don't think there's a Shwara. Yeah. I have a Tishara Jones story. Tishara. But I have to. Uh, I have to transition out of here. No, I, I figured that would happen. I have to uh, go back to my home planet. No, but, I, um, I really, really appreciate your insight. I'm going to pick up some of the stuff in the weeds with Alfred here. And, um, yeah, and I'd love to see you again in the future. Yeah, for, I would love to. It's just been good to talk to you and see you. I know, your face and your stained long. glass. you got to see my new house. I have stained yeah. glass, too. It's so great. And just COVID's made it really hard. Looks so, like you're, is that your basement? I am in a basement. Um, it's it. Kinda, it kind of looks like a boat. They kind of have, like, yeah wood on the ceiling like that so i miss you know, jamming, miss jamming yeah. in the basement i know it's so nice down here now i got a roomba and a pool table it's crazy Roomba. so key. yeah when we're all vaccinated we need to have a jam session. when this whole thing's over you and me gotta get an apartment together <laughs> um, 
Chris, I love you. Thank you so much. You're dismissed at any love point, you. sir. See you, right. See you, Al. And uh, Al, good evening, brother. How are you? Uh, you know, it's another day in paradise. It's, my it's... goodness. Um, we may You may see my brother-in-law at some point. So we, we started off the show, I don't know if you were listening, talking about our... Um, there is a generational divide emerging as Gen Z. Between you and John? No, no, no. Sam's the younger one. Oh, I've never met Sam. I know. No, he was at the wedding. He was the young one with the baby face vaping. I might have. I started drinking early and often at your wedding. So No, it was great. He was. He's lovely. He's really, really fantastic. He's a lot like my wife, so we get along great. And... Um, but I keep now it's blowing up that Gen Z is calling out millennials like myself for uh, things that we still like that is apparently. But because apparently I saw, I saw that I saw your post on this. They're old like, enough now that we can fight with the older ones on the Internet. If they're 18 plus, we can argue with them and call them names. And so they're starting to kind of reach out in a way that they didn't before. So where is Gen Z cut off? Because I need to figure out. Like, I think the oldest Gen Z kids are 21. I think where's it's the young. Where's the what's the youngest cohort, though? This is. This oh, is I think I, they're all the way down right now. I mean, be, no, I don't think so. I think there's. Uh, so, what do you call your kids? Well, that's my question. That's exactly where I'm going with this. So I've got a 13 year old. I'm pretty sure he's like. He's to Gen Z what I am to Gen X. Yeah. I'm, I'm 1978. So I'm almost like an Xennial, but I'm really more X than millennial. Mm -hmm. Definitely like there's some Xers that are more like boomers. And I'm absolutely my mom is like that. My mom graduated high school in 86, but you would think she was 106 now. Right. Like I'm 10 years younger because yeah. I was 96. But yeah, but that's that's like those people. They were into yeah. like, oh, you're Zazu and fucking flock of seagulls and shit oh and my had, mom like, hated like that, that shit my mom was all about acdc and white see snake. your mom is cool but you hear what i'm saying like that was what was going on like that was like some alien planet when i was like around during that period of time and then great anyway so my my 13 year old i feel like is gen z but i've got a three-year-old he's not gen z like you know what where do the, where the three and five-year-old fit in they're like some generation that hasn't even been defined yet right, right? because they don't do anything they're a protected class still so, but I got my daughter's ten. Like, I'm not sure she's Z. She's like some next thing. Like, you can kind of see it coming. Yeah, that's but, crazy. Uh, you know, it's clearly more in common with because there's like, eleven years between me and Sam, and so there's that gap. And so I'm trying mm -hmm. to think about um, how much time would be between. I mean, so yeah, like kids that are like eight, nine, ten are gonna probably be a different thing. Yeah, they're like Z plus one, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Z but, point but, two. I, I can't honestly as a as a as a they'll probably just be Mad Max by that point. <laughs> when they start to be adults, they're going to be the ones that are yeah, going to eat me. It's going to be like I'm sorry, there is no clean water anymore. Like it, this is we don't have clean water. Knife in the throat. Yeah, it is, it is only it's spear combat for whatever resources exist. Yeah, yeah, but, you got but, a whole tribe over there too. It's going to be it's going to well, be well. That's that's Lord I'm of the Ludwigs. I, I'm we're the left wing quiverfuls here. Like it's it's all I can do. I don't know what that means. Quiverfuls is like. You have a bunch of kids because each one of them is an arrow in your full quiver for the righteousness of God. And like you're doing this really to, like, to, to storm the Capitol and, you know, declare Jesus. fascism in the name of Jesus. Like that yeah. is that is the quiverful movement. That's beautiful. Right. My that's Uncle Don. That's one Don. of those things where like George W. Bush would hear that and not know that it sounded like a scary bad thing. He'd be like, hey, man, brother. Well, I mean, right. It was, it was fucking funny. A lot of people didn't think it was a scary bad thing. And then January 6th happened. And there's still a lot of people that are like, yeah, that's... Hey, have you heard about March 4th? 
What, what, oh, that's that's when Donald Trump's supposed to take over again. Apparently, that's yeah, when that's we are going to be yeah. restored back into right. a real republic. Is that the Ides of March? No, no, no. That's usually the fifteenth. Okay. See, look at you. You know something. That's Empire good. I'm the one that knows stuff. What are you talking about? Sorry. So, I'm uh, sorry. back to the whole millennial versus Gen Z thing. Like, I'm as a as a, a an Xennial or Gen X, whatever you want to call me. That's kind of what Chris identified as too. Like, no one has ever picked a beef with us. So, fuck you both. Is you guys are you guys are busy actually like working and paying taxes. Well, yeah, here's the thing: is like we got looked over when the boomers were important. Uh, and you know, during the nineties, like you were just like, whatever. And then the millennials came along. It's like, who's X, who cares? Like we were like the first who cares generation that was like, you know, very, very much the tune in, turn on drop out whole mode of operation. And yeah, this nobody is whack. cared what we thought. Ever. Whack. Uh, yeah. So I'm reading this headline. QAnon conspiracy theories point followers to March 4th, second inauguration. So the whole thing I right. heard about earlier is that, there's uh, people on the internet that are saying, uh, and, and they're attributing it to, as a QAnon sentiment, whatever that means, and saying that um, we used to be a real republic, and then we got sold out to corporations, and it's all being puppeteered by the globalist agenda, and on March 4th, we're going to shatter the corporate overlords, and we're going to uh, inaugurate president donald trump and it's, he's going to be like the 15th president because we right. actually didn't have a real one from we had right. 30 fake yeah, ones because yeah. we got Somehow sold out they're all fake presidents yeah like, we had a bunch of fake corporate shills yeah like that's not a thing anyone questions it's just like yeah it's the 15th president like like no one stops to say wait what mm. and but then we're all onto the next thing which apparently is the blood of the democrats you know running in the streets is that what they want i think what? so it's what they i mean they say it I, I at this point I kind of take them at their word. <laughs> I mean they're we, they're not subtle. Oh no, and they so, actually did show up to try and overthrow the government. Yeah, they were like, and then they did literally shit all over the building. That literally happened. Actually, ha actual shit, Joe. I'm not opening links. If you want to give me the fucking I just, headline, I just want to be. I'm, I'm not to read it. I don't want to interrupt. What? No. What do you got? Oh, by oh. all means, Joe. Yeah, no, that's better. I can just do the headline. Democrats plead for bipartisanship as the Repub Republicans call for blood. <laughs> I mean, that is where we are as a country. Yeah. You know, not that I think there are some Democrats waking up. You know, there's a whole con concept of like it's called woke. Forty percent of Republicans would advocate political violence against Democrats, and, and, and that's that was like today's or yesterday's headline. And the, but they, what was sort of buried there was like it's like it was like twenty five percent of Democrats also kind of feel the same way. And at this point, I don't think I can blame anyone on the left for feeling like the right wing is their enemy because the right wing has been telling them that they're their enemy for like 25 years. So at this point, like if someone tells you like, I hate you and I would kill you if I was legally able to get away with it, yeah. you start believing them. Yeah, you got to start listening a little bit. But I'm, you know, I'm one of those. I'm so far left. You know, they say you go so far left, you get your guns back. <laughs> you know what I mean? If That's you go funny. far enough, and I've I, you always, know, I've always had guns. So I, I have a friend that I've talked to about being on the show who I really love, who's a musician, but also sort of an activist and uh, a very kind of um, living the 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 message kind of guy. And uh, he's uh, a big advocate for minority gun ownership, absolutely, and things like that that um, I think are probably a good idea. Oh, I think I Mike. think there's there's we ceded the gun issue to the right wing, and let's be honest, like. Mm -hmm. 
any thinking person realizes everyone having guns is not the best answer compared to no one having guns. But the reality is everyone already has guns. So in the scenario where it's like you could either be the one person without the guns where everybody has guns or you could also have a gun. Also having a gun is the obvious answer. Yeah, just in case. I mean, I really don't want to have to shoot somebody. No, I, I have no interest in shooting a person. No. But I also have I have less interest in being shot by a person and knowing how guns work. You know, it's one of the things as kids ha- having kids like like it's 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 a whole thing. Like, do you have guns around kids? Like, I do not. Uh, my son, my oldest son is a scout. He's been trained a little bit, but it's like one of the things that like I grew up learning how to make ammo, learning how to shoot, training. Really? Cool it was. Yeah, we, we tumbled ammo, old old shells in my basement as a kid. That's um, cool. That's it, good to know. It, it is not. Man, cool. you're it handy. Is, it is super fucking boring and tedious. No, 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 no. I know, but it's good that you know how to do that because I'm going to need you to do that if we run out. Well, so I it's been 35 years since I've touched anything. Look, like bitch, that, you'll figure it out. I do know the basics at least, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of science to it. There's a lot of engineering. Joe's going to have to gather the shell casings and you're going to have to tumble them. I don't know. You'll what else see to those tell guys you. at the range. Like, can I have your shell casings? Like, Why yeah, am I fucking take them. Uh, Cause I'm shooting the zombies that are trying to eat us. Joe. God. <laughs> and when I say I zombies, like- I mean, they could be cheesecake factory zombies. They could be, I'm- it could be my pillow zombies. We should all learn to shoot, is my point. Like, you should all be familiar with it. You should know. I mean, w- you should also to- know how to make yourself an omelet. I mean, what if you get hungry? I totally agree with that. You, uh, like, like, one of the, I taught my kids how to make omelets before I taught them how to shoot. That's beautiful. Though, I mean, it's the right order of operations yeah. there. But omelets and then guns. The, uh, not Who's before omelet. <laughs> Sorry? That was in the Bible. Well, omelets and then guns? You must first uh, teach a man to crack egg before. Why does it have to be one egg? He must crack egg. Before crack skull. He must crack crack egg before skull. This is not the caveman Bible, Joe. There are many different translations. Someone said you must not crack egg in Bible. (laughs) No. They didn't say it like that? Mm Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and pull that up? Is that Leviticus? It's <laughs> Leviticus right, it's eight. Leviticus. Guys, we have our Zoomer on deck, <laughs> baby. Listen, Yo, I really appreciate you doing this. I know it was hard to get you in here. Okay. I don't know what that was about. Um, you, did you get the meme I sent you? Yeah, I got the meme. I haven't, I haven't read it, but I took a look. Do you mind? I don't do know you what m- the fuck I'm about to read? Okay, so hold on. I'm gonna put the meme um, uh, on the screen here, and it's just a caption. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the meme and it's really just something I wanted to get your opinion on so we've been talking on the show a little bit just because this has come up on social mediums that you're really the only Gen Z person that I feel like I'm allowed to put on the podcast right yeah, so that's Gen- cool I heard you guys I heard you guys talking earlier okay so, good so I mean, you I'd get love the- to, I'd love to put my so, input but in. I just want to know where <laughs> this kind of thing comes from and you know we have uh, now three generations of fucking white dudes in the chat right now that's pretty that's pretty uneventful that's that's, that's you know what i mean it's uh, so whack and so i i need you to put i need you to check my vibe bro and uh great so i'm looking at this meme here that joe uh that i that i sent to uh to sammy and it says the anatomy of an old person and there's that old person there she's not that old can you but, post this? We need to see it. I, I will. Yeah, I'll pull it up. I'm going to send it to Joe. Joe's going to put it in the chat. 
I guess. But if you could go ahead, cool. if you could go Should ahead, I read the caption, please. Uh, aging millennials are the are characterized by their love of things like side jeans, wine, and the laughing crying emoji. Many millennials like this one are in a state of discomfort regarding their proximity of middle of middle age. To middle mm-hmm. age, yeah. I don't get it. Okay, so what? It, what's what's up with what's wrong with this chick? Well, I think it's somebody claiming to be your age made it and is saying that um, that's the typical millennial and that we're all getting old and that it's not cool mm. to like skinny jeans. Do you wear skinny jeans? I wear skinny jeans every single day of my life. Me too. Okay, so good. See, it's not everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's not everybody. No, I have. But I mean, I heard. I heard earlier you guys were talking about like. There, there is a there. Like, I feel like I'm in a bit of a gray area at my age. Like, well, you're probably one of the I older. Know. I feel like yeah. I relate to a like lot a of Zennial. Well, also your yeah, siblings, like late millennial, yeah. early Gen Z kids. Like, yeah. even like kids, like dudes older than me. I think the cutoff are, is definitely nine eleven. When was your birthday? Uh, two thousand two. Yeah, so, so I think you're I mean, definitely in that right category. Because you don't remember the world pre nine eleven, I think is how a lot of people describe it on the internet. But not that that matters. He didn't actually yeah. live nine pre nine eleven. Like right, he, exactly. He literally born after because he wasn't no, there. I, I, I definitely don't remember anything. But your siblings are older. You're, I'm married well, to your sister, who's thirty. She's obviously a millennial. And then your older brother is yeah. one of my dear best friends, and he's a younger millennial. He's closer to Joe's age. Uh, how old's John now? Mm. Uh, 26 yeah okay so he's a little older than joe even yeah so okay so what are some of the the things that you you and your friends may joke about about people that might be like our age like did you guys read harry potter growing up that's one of the things yeah yeah read harry potter like i'm telling you like we like we still got taught cursive and like we had super shitty TVs in the corner of our classroom. Like, that was what we had in our classroom. You had TVs in your classroom? I had TVs. Yeah, we had, I mean, like, not like not like a smart board or like uh you know no uh, they had these terrible tvs they would use for the announcements TV and shit yeah. to an ipad or anything but no, i mean yeah. like that's what i had they weren't school, even so. flat when i was there they had the big exactly. honking tubular TV in the corner that like waved the american flag every morning and we had to put our hands yeah they would arms. put it on they would put like a gif of the american flag waving on yeah. the screen for the pledge of allegiance so, so you, yeah. you you ever see the Wonder Years? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I watched the Wonder Years on Nick at Night the, the when I was real, a child. The real, the real, like, 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 where it's literally like tape moving between two wheels on a thing. Like uh-huh. that was my version of a TV in the classroom when I was growing up. They had projectors, <laughs> like film they, we projectors. Had literally, like for the film projector was like the good day. Like the bad day was like you just had like the shitty slide, the slide projector, the slide right. with the like, with the like glass a picture. I, I remember projectors in in middle or in elementary school. You're sure. thinking like an overhead projector though. Oh, is that that's new wave? Where they had yeah, that's newer. They had the the clear yep. laminate. We had those in middle school. That was like a tool though, like where they would like write on it, like like what nice. was like literally a right. movie. It was like like a projector, <laughs> like a like an old school movie projector, like an eight millimeter fucking. Right. Film Precisely. Oh, and that sure, was like, and it would like sit in the back of the class and project something in the front, right? You've seen yeah. it in okay, movies. It was a real thing. Yeah. Like that was that was our life. I'm a fuck with you. Yeah. We we got TVs like we got <laughs> tube TVs in the rooms in high school. Like that was like 
in the 90s like that was like okay now we're with it and yeah. you guys probably didn't have channel one um i, I had I channel know. three like sway and serena altshul like it was like an mtv production like they got their like start on this thing called channel one it was like eight minutes of like advertising that they'd pump into your classroom to pay for the satellite connection so the school could get the tvs like they paid no fucking way it was how they did it It was like commercial that's hilarious we had a channel one like minute or like 10 minute period like every every day in high school Uh, it was like that is that's five minutes of that was mountain dew that's like the the other five minutes of it was the youtube ad it's your version news yeah my favorite thing was when I'd wake up too early for even like music videos in the morning and I would have to watch paid what the cable company called paid programming and it would be like the magic bullet Arthur. and shit but it, or like the sham wow but it'd be like 30 minutes about the sham wow the Obama commercial it's before that but yeah I mean like goofy <laughs> shit like that like um uh that's great so Sam you're saying I can keep wearing my skinny jeans Oh yeah, you're all good, dude. I love the skinny jeans. They're so they're great. not out yet. Yeah, I like, mean, for a big guy, I think it's perfect. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because as a big guy, like uh, when I, no, I used well, to wear uh, a boot cut. I don't know. I'm telling you, like literally, like like kids I went to high school with, like two years younger than me, were like joning on me for wearing skinny jeans, and they couldn't believe I wore jeans. So like, maybe you're younger, too old. I would not have touched jeans. Jeans are pretty. I feel like no one wears jeans my age, really. What? I think I'm. What I'm, do they I'm wear? What's the alternative? Stuff. Holy fuck. Oh my god. Didn't you oh see god. idiocracy? Like the you... silky sweatpant things? Oh, is it is it all trainers? There's it's all jerseys. It's really just like a bunch of different stuff. Just anything other than jeans. Like a lot of I, like, a lot of like I don't know. Khakis or like... some like khakis. Like my friends and stuff like they khakis? Fuck yeah. That when oh, I was in high school, like fuck. it was you went we went straight I, from jeans. I get jumped on by my friends for wearing jeans. That's all I know. So it's pretty much anything other than jeans. Hey, uh, Sam. Yeah. What is your what is your image of an ideal like future? Like when you think about your life. And oh, that's you, a good question. And Not, are, like, you mean for him or for like civilization? Well, no. From in his imagination, when he thinks about the future, is like you know, if everything went my way, yeah. would skinny jeans life, be a factor? Where would and and you can't be like a mansion or anything. If, if think about a reasonable. No, future. no, I know, I know. I I have a perfect answer to this question. I mean. My whole thing has always been like, I don't want to do something for a living that I don't like. Like, I don't want to hate my job, basically. That's the, yeah. That's my yeah, I fucked up goal. on that one. We all did. Buddy. I <laughs> fucked I mean, up I, on that one. I feel one. like it could go a couple ways, right? Like, I think a lot of kids like my age or like when they're going into college, all they want to do is just find something that they can do and make as much money doing it. You know what I mean? What about um, Retirement? Retirement? Do you think about retirement? I'm not thinking about retirement yet. No, I, I do. No, do you think it's realistic to worry about? Because when I was your age, I felt like I literally felt like I was in my second year of teacher school and I was really wanting to just uh, not do that. And I thought, no, I have to get a degree on time and I have to get a degree in a field where I can eventually retire. So that's not on your radar. Yeah. As a, do you feel like you have friends I mean, that me think about that? Personally, not at all. Like, yeah, I mean, you definitely like that's just. Like, leave him alone. You leave him alone. Oh, you you want to no, know? Like, I mean, well, well, right well, now it's pretty rough. <laughs> no, I get it. It's a rough, it's a rough year. But I, I mean, how old are you? Twenty one. Right. No, he's nineteen. You're nineteen. Well, 19. shit. I mean, I didn't. I was I was fucking worthless <laughs> when I was nineteen. I bet you were almost in puddle of mud. I almost was in puddle of mud. Right. I turned down being in puddle of mud. Great. 
What are the amenities? Yeah, and, uh, I'm just living with my parents. I don't have a job, so I love nothing it. is going on right now. <laughs> I was actually working <laughs> at a restaurant with Kara Spencer when I was 19. Kara Spencer's the mayoral candidate we were talking about earlier. So that, that, oh, that nice. is that okay. is. I was a kitchen wow. boy and she was a waitress. You were a kitchen boy. I was a kitchen boy. Did you have a badge that said Al Ludwig, kitchen boy? I was a kitchen boy at multiple institutions. I've never, I would never identify myself as something boy. boy. Like you had a job where you wanted to be. You do dishes anywhere for any amount of time, you become a kitchen boy. It's just who you are. But I did dishes, but I was a dishwasher. If anyone needs you to do a job they don't want to do, that's that's you. I'm I'm still that. I'm a lawyer, and that's what I do now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Damn. Uh. Sam, we're going to get back into a conversation about some some of our whack shit, so I can dismiss you, but I so appreciate your time. And I'd love to have you on with your siblings again. We'll talk. Um, or not again, but for sure, the first okay. time with yeah, both of them. Should, I think it would be fun to have all three. Games too, Jake. Oh, God, yeah. yeah I, ju- I just downloaded too. Rust. I got Rust uploaded. I want in on finally. some Rust. If you guys Bro, are doing I'll, Rust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm... I'm down for Rust for sure, and then I want you to I want you to try Valorant, and then I might get back into Apex too. I don't know. Apex looks really beautiful so right now. It's a lot of fun, it. but also the um, <laughs> I'm gonna download Valorant because I heard it was free. But um, uh, yeah, I'll yeah, let you go, player. Have you guys you heard are about fucking the- cracked, dude? I wait, wait. Me? I just went on one of your or no, I saw a clip on your Instagram of you playing apex and you were like sliding down a hill and you track this dude with your fucking controller perfectly oh crazy. dude that was got aim bots he's got aim bots there's no aim bot aim bots they use the this panda anti-cheater this guy no, no, no. He's, not, he's not savvy enough to have an aim bot i know that for i don't know how to do, i can hardly right keep this program open <laughs> yeah how are we doing by the yeah, way all how- right guys well, it was good to meet you uh joe and al you too sam and, uh thanks jake yeah i'll see you soon buddy thanks for that thanks for the plug bruh yeah, no problem. All right, zip it up and zip it out. So let's talk about the Viking game. Have you seen I like this? It. I forget what it's called. What? But it's like it's some like procedural generated rust like Viking game. Like you're in Valhalla or some shit. That sounds hot as fuck. I'm saying it looked like I'm rust. So hard good. right now. Like rust, rust, rust is still rough around the edges. No, it looks it. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's crazy. His plug for the Instagram and for the gaming side of the business, Joe. We didn't even ask, I didn't even ask him to do that. Did he that's, plug all that went right over my head? It started saying all these crazy words. That no, well, that's how they talk. But I, but these are the people I work with. So I, I picked I up got on some thirteen of it. year old. So I got to keep up with this shit. He so was like, you he are was cracked. Saying, I was I'm like, cracked what? means I'm means I'm good at it. Joe has no gaming um, experience. Are you a, are you a sweat? Oh, no, sweat. I'm not that sweaty. I did get sweated today pretty hard, though, by some noobs. I'll tell you that for nothing. How'd you get sweated by some noobs? Because I wasn't playing ranked, because I was just playing du- locked and loaded duos, because... Um, you play with a pickup? Like a rando, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We call those randos, Grandpa. Well, yeah, I mean... You guys need to give me old some school, material they were to work with for pickup group. Yeah, if you're, playing, if you're playing jacks at the soda fountain, it's a pickup if you just pull a hey, mister, <laughs> and ask somebody to play jacks with you at the soda fountain. <laughs> um. You, so, you Al, we had... You're, you're, a, you're an old man now, millennial. You, I know. you barely wear skinny jeans. I know. I Thank God he's... You know what? That's really what I was really upset about with skinny jeans, because that's really... I fuck Harry Potter. I didn't even read the last two because I, I read I Harry on. Potter before that kid was born. <laughs> before Sam was born? Yes. Yeah, I read the first couple for sure by then. Oh, I finished the fifth one before he was born. That's oh 
No, nah, two thousand. That makes me feel older than. I don't Dick. think anything before about fourth, fourth, the fourth Maybe one. The it fourth was Goblet. One was it was out. Goblet of Fire. I finished the fourth one before he was born. Because the, the fifth first one. movie was out before then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I, I quit after the fourth one because I moved on to other stuff. I guess. If you want to have an entire podcast about fantasy novels, getting cracked. My wife will do that with you any day of the week. I, my my wife is the biggest. I want her to write a great fantasy piece because that's all she reads is high fantasy and. So my my master's thesis is a fantasy novel. What it it is what well I got my master's degree in English. Oh yeah, and and my thesis was I wrote a fantasy novel because I loved I was super super into Game of Thrones in two thousand two, the year Sam was born when I got my master's degree, and I, I basically wrote a shitty Game of Thrones clone for my master's thesis. And then I did nothing with that for the rest of my life. That's hilarious. It is well, it is sad, and I can tell by the silence how sad it is. What I love about well, that Well, people is don't it... read books, so it's good that you got out of that game. Because, I mean, people are all like, oh, everyone in the Trump White House is going to get a book deal. I'm like, people don't know how to read. They're not going to be buying books. Uh, there's, there's, there's some great authors out there that belie that untruth. Yeah. That well, that reminds me. You need to help me with this. Uh, you can oh, you're still working on Huck Finn, Finn over there. Finn. God damn! It's just. Are you man. reading the the abridged version that no longer has its N word, Jim? I think there's a bridge in it. I don't know. It's. So there, there's there's a, a published like <laughs> redacted version. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Out all abridged. Of the slurs. He said abridged, I Joe, said abridged, as a man. which is like a verb. Oh, it's a actually that's a. It's actually quite a controversy in academia, whether or yeah. not to because they, they remove the n word from it, right? Like whether that's like like the the power of the word, because Twain was no stranger to the ugliness of what he was saying, right? Like it wasn't done. That was kind of the point in ignorance. I think it was, and and and, and it has power uh, in this time in particular to read it. It's ugly as shit, and yet, like, there's still this tale of like camaraderie between Jim and Huck going down the river that transcends that and, and to defang yeah. the word. I, I mean, it, there's, there's a real debate in academia as to whether it's a good thing to sort of move on from it or to, to let it exist in all of its timely ugliness. And I, I, I tend to fall into the latter category. Although I don't think as a white professor of English, I would ever be saying the word in class. Yeah. Freedom of speech being what it is. That's also like the thing. thing. Yeah, there every other yeah. university is that one professor. Like, I'm just saying it because I because <laughs> it's in the text. It's in the text. Yeah. <laughs> no, like awesome. mm, I don't need to. I can say n word very easily. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, great. So that took a weird turn. So Joe, does that help with your class? Yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look it up on Google. What does that mean? What do you need to look? Ask me a question. (laughs) Ask me a question about Huckleberry Finn. (laughs) What what are you struggling with? I'm just kidding. I'm not actually studying Huck Finn. Um, Joe put some stuff in the show prep here that, Al, we wanted to follow up with you on because this is our our stonks episode of the show. Is this going to be like the the, the lightning round? (laughs) This is going to be the lightning round. All right. Hit me with the lightning round. For $100. Um, so what would be a reason for holding on to one of the symbols associated with stonks being GameStop, AMC, et cetera, and why are celebrities like Mavericks owner Mark Cuban telling people to hold the line even still? 
okay, there's two answers to that because it's two questions. First question, what would be the reasons to hold on to it? You have twofold. One is vanity because you wanted to be a part of this movement and you get entertainment out of it. Yes. And that would be, you know, you've, you, your monetary value was in the original buy. You've gotten your value by buying it and being part of the movement. The re residual value to you is unimportant. That's a reason to hold on to it. Other reason to hold on to it is that you're actually a market manipulator and you're counting on this thing getting up to a point where you feel like you can get out and get your money back, but you're actively engaged in telling other people to buy into it so that you can profit off their misery. Those are your right. two options. He thinks that, he thinks it's going to go back up, I guess. Who? Uh, Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban. He could, also or, just be, he could also just be trying to test his own influence. Well, that's yeah, true. For him, it's not about money because he has enough. He doesn't give yeah. a shit. Right. So it's probably a vanity thing for him. You know, and that's answer one. Because he says Elon Musk can tweet one word and influence the market. Yeah. And his stock, his Elon Musk stock is artificially inflated. So, and so Mark but, Cuban's like, well, maybe I could do, say something and do a thing. Elon is actually a Bond villain. And that's what everybody forgets about him. Right. So is this that, is the know, question that I wanted to ask you about him. So why does Elon Musk have so much market influence? What if he dies? And if... um. Uh, is it solely because of his celebrity status? Shouldn't this be a discussion about how much power celebrities have over the market and in turn the country? Because everyone who's actually in charge of anything seems to care about the stock market. I'm tempted to jump to the chase and say, well, what are you going to do about it? Exactly? Well, that's the how, thing. How are you going to stop someone from having influence by being <laughs> who they are? Right. But, so stop, Tesla, last time I looked, was trading at 800 something dollars a share. If he dies, what happens to that price? Oh, it fucking goes through the floor. He is a cult of personality just like trump in his own ways only he's a smart rational one most of the time is that what happened to apple well apple actually has assets tesla actually has assets you know bitcoin goes through the floor if elon dies right? really like bitcoin doesn't isn't a real thing it's dude bitcoin is, is up thing. 10 grand the I, last it, week it was up like 18 grand over tesla's investment in it wow purely based upon the idea that someone else will keep buying it for more. There is no value inherent to Bitcoin, period. It right. is a fiction. It is just right. you are buying faith that other people will buy it at some point in the future. Like all and monetary it, devices. Well, right. no, beyond that, like, 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 the, like you have the dollar has the full faith and credit of the United States government for all of its power and splendor and whatnot. Bitcoin is a fictional oh, yeah. fucking thing that's based on the magic of blockchain for which cryptocurrency is actually the least efficient and worst use of the technology that blockchain entails. Right. Blockchain yeah, is just this thing that keeps it scarce. Like, yeah. It's really what it is. So like, like Elon dies tomorrow. Tesla has assets. SpaceX is iffy at best because they don't really have a proven like revenue stream. They've got some right. technology. They can maybe monetize that, but not to the degree that it's like worth like the boring company. I don't think exists without Elon. Yeah, no, but there's, well, yeah, there's a handful. There's a blanket of companies that would definitely uh, dissolve. Tesla has real assets. So it's, it's more analogous to Apple in that regard. Whereas like Steve jobs, yes, he was a cult of personality, but he left behind a company that was highly, highly, you know, it had a lot of things going on, a lot of revenue, yeah. it had a lot of assets, it had a lot of technology, it had a lot of IP. You know, these are the real things that as a stock investor, you know, such as I am, I look for in a company that I want to buy into. Like, what am I valuing here? What is, like, everybody dies, what am I left with? If I have to liquidate 
you know, the company? Yeah. Does my stock have residual value net of the debt that the company is in? I don't know what Tesla's debt situation is. My sense is it's probably pretty leveraged. But do you think – sorry. I'm sorry. Well, do you think that this is like the new standard for business models? Because I think what's so interesting about Tesla is that it's it's heavily government subsidized. And so like – do you, and the fact that the government would put so much money into something that's like being – led by this kind of charismatic young guy it's just funny to me do you think that in the future we'll see like a lot of like government subsidized you know uh companies that are like headed by these like very charismatic people like that's going to be a central part of companies if you if you you see the look on my face what that what i'm trying to say (laughs) with that is oh sweet summer child that is the market that is <laughs> right. today that is it is that is the situation elon is just a very public version of that yeah. but at the end of the day there are industries there are entire industries that run on the idea of not charisma so much as connection and right. the ability to leverage taxpayer dollars in a way that gets me in the government contract there are many many industries and i speak from experience on the in the weeds on some of this you know the the huh. The, there, the the amount of if you can get on the government dole, it's a very tricky place to be because the requirements to do it right are onerous. Right. And it favors those who are sophisticated and have a lot of resources to pay people like me to make sure that they're not getting sideways <laughs> with some reg- regulation. Right. And and and, and the the little guy is the one who is absolutely priced out of that entire market. The spigot yeah. is turned off to those. So who what? The spigot, with a G, with a with a G. I you thought could it was also spigot. Call it, you can call it a spigot, but spigot is an older form and it's the right form. Oh. Uh, as as the guy with a master's degree in English. Go ahead, no, go ahead, motherfucker. I didn't know. <laughs> anyway, like the little guy. I mean, that's what big government dollars with lots of regulation. I will agree with the right wing. I will agree with Republicans on this point that really? over regulation favors large market players over small businesses. Yeah, people that can afford to weed through the fine print. Absolutely. Yeah. And make money anyway. This is is the right-wing pig found an acorn once in a while. It's a blind pig and it does it once a year. But the, this is one where they are right and California has its issues in this regard and then when they when they call it the People's Republic of California, this is the shit they're talking about is yeah. that they price out the little guy because the cost of doing business, the barriers to entry in, in economic terms, are very right. high. Yeah. And when everything runs on government money and government regulation is onerous and requires a lot, lot of expertise and you need a team of lawyers to, to teach you and make sure you're doing it right at every stage, it's great for the lawyers, but the, 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 the sole proprietorship business absolutely cannot compete in that market. Right. How much of that backlash is done? Um, and I'm talking about – I posted this when Trump got elected. It was some excerpt from some – great piece of literature that was published in the but much long before he was president that was all about how eventually the masses are going to get tired of listening to lawyers and academics about everything and they're gonna um they're gonna start some shit like maybe elect a reality tv show host to president or storm the capitol now how much of the bad optics of QAnon and storming the capitol now is going to kill off that movement of that that because I don't think the dumb people are going to quit being dumb because no. they look dumb right now. No, this election, I, we talked about it in an earlier podcast. This election proved one thing, is that there are two countries here, and one of them is fucking stupid, 
And there are a lot of them that are a part of it. And they're not going anywhere. And they're, are they growing? I don't think so. I you think, don't think I, the group is growing? I don't think so. No, I don't. I, I, I think they're shrinking, but they're just loud, obnoxious assholes who will Why, why would they be shrinking? Face. Well, I, because there's people – look, four years ago, to declare yourself as a proud Republican – wasn't like a political statement right it was like this is my neighborhood and like i'm a person i'm a white person of means of course i'm a republican i stand for republican values you stand up today and say i'm a proud republican you're saying the rule of law is a fucking piece of shit and i don't care about it what i care about is is winning and 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 rubbing everyone who doesn't agree with me's face in the mud over my ability to rule over them, despite the fact that I don't command a majority of the of the, of the vote in this country, and most people don't agree with me, yeah. I want to rule despite my everyone hating me. That's yeah. what being a Republican is today. Four years ago, that wasn't the truth. That drove some people away. Where do they go? Well, nowhere, and I'm not sure they're going to vote Democrat. You know, they yeah. right. enough of them showed up to vote against Trump to put Biden in the White House. But they also barely, barely were able to get the Senate out of Republican control. And that was disturbing. That's the thing. It's just, just like it was such a it was still such a close race considering how, how they well, both. It was all about Trump. I don't think those people, the ones who flipped on Trump, associated the Republican brand with Trump. And I think that is changing now. And I think that's what the impeachment is all about, is to say, OK, Republicans, you're either going to. You're either going to cast this out or you're going to own it. And it's very, very clear. They're going to own it. They're going to become the party of Trump. They're going to say, you know what? A guy who you know, basically what? starts a fascist push against the the Capitol building, we're not going to convict him. And that's that's now their brand. So now, anyone who stands up for that. This is a great point because the, the, the second impeachment trial has been underway this week. And what is so interesting about the impeachment trial is even though the impeachment – may strictly be symbolic because he's no longer holding office. The trial puts all of this evidence in public record, including videos I haven't watched from his rally down the street from the Capitol that day. Have you watched this? Is this, I watched, I mean, I watched is there fire? It's so fucking weird. hard to watch, man. I mean, it's like really, truly upsetting and disturbing to watch what happened in real time. And I am no advocate for... The police. I tend to think that they are under scrutinized, but I, this watching those videos, I am absolutely on the side of the police and view them as heroes and what they did because they were like five guys against like a thousand people. It was it was like Sparta. It was. I mean, these guys are heroes, and and in that individual circumstance, it's really hard to look at that and say this is okay. And you're gonna have not a majority. Well, but a majority of Republicans in the Senate who are going to say this was okay on well, whatever technicality, they're going to find it that this is acceptable and we're not going to stop it now. And if it happens again, we're basically sanctioning that. And that's what this trial is about. Donald Trump is marginally on trial. He's nominally on trial. But what's really on trial is the soul of the Republican Party. And if they buy into this, voting Republican is voting for fascism over the rule of law, violence over the rule of law. And anyone who signs on to this and says, I'm a proud Republican, is saying, I'm a fucking fascist from here on out. 
So, do you think Trump thinks he fucked up? Looking at the tape that they that they submitted Monday of you know him instigating whatever he's alleged to have instigated. Do you? Think yeah, he- I think he did. I think I, I I've been thinking about this for the last two days. Like and watching this, watching the very good presentation that the Democratic managers have put on, Trump has to be saying like, is there a moment where he's like? Holy shit! Maybe I really am responsible for this. Like, like it'd be hard to argue with, and I, I don't know that any level of self-realization will ever occur to that man. But if it's possible, I think he had it over the last two days. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so there's states now that want to take the stuff that's been submitted to public record and um, indict him on criminal charges. Do you think that goes anywhere? Or do you think that's more of the same? I don't. I think it would be very hard to convict him on seditious conspiracy based on what was put in front of the senate because you know a criminal trial has a higher standard of proof than a an impeachment trial does yeah i do think there's plenty of criminal conduct uh in the form of financial conduct in particular that any number of courts in any number of states could take on and have some fairly easy convictions and certainly some fairly embarrassing investigations Mm -hmm. into the trump organization I think the one that has the most promise, however, is the uh, investigations ongoing in, I, I think it's Fulton County, Georgia, which right. relates to the the a, a, actual attempt by the president to interfere with the election and to solicit fraudulent election results, uh, which, you know, by the tape. Is that the thing where he said, find me 1,200 votes or however right. many it was? It was 12,000, but yes. Oh my God! That was that close. It was that close. I was just missing a zero. It's like eleven seven eighty. He had the precise number, like he had it written on a piece of paper. Yeah. It was like I just need you to find me eleven thousand seven hundred and eighty votes. Like that's not a fucking accident. Like that's, that's not, not that's not hyperbolic. That's no. It's certainly no. not locker room talk. Am I it's right, not, fellas? This is the solicitation of 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 a fraudulent result in the election, and, and it is very clearly cut a crime. And, and I think it's any rational person, it's a slam dunk. Atlanta, Fulton County is a pretty liberal jurisdiction. Getting a jury there to convict Donald Trump of what he obviously did doesn't seem like a stretch. So Now, like, what happens then? Do you think they actually try to arrest him? Yeah, fucking right they do. Why wouldn't you? He committed a crime. Like, why treat him any better than any other criminal? But, I mean, if he's not in Georgia, could they extradite what, him? Yes, absolutely. That's how From Florida? Works. Absolutely. I just don't know. I've never been I mean, rich is, or a criminal. Is DeSantis really going to call up the National Guard to protect Donald Trump from extradition to Georgia? It's not a thing that's going to happen. That's fucking yes. interesting, dude. Yes. That's fucking interesting. He will interesting. be extradited and he will go to fucking jail if he is convicted. You think he'll go to jail? I absolutely think he would go to jail if he's convicted. If he's convicted in a court of law, there will be a period where he exhausts every appeal and he will go to jail. Do you? Um... That's a big if. Do you think he goes anywhere instead? Do you think he says, hey, let's go see where Melania's from? And Oh, Slovenia, I think, is NATO member, so you know, I don't think he'd get anywhere. So there. maybe Cuba. It'd probably be Russia, let's be honest. America's oh. got America's got too much to lose putting one of their own presidents in prisons. Well, like, it's, did I don't, the Secret Service ever let him go? Uh, you think you think Secret Service, this guy but do you who think has that, access to every Every secret, every state secret, at yeah. least during four years. You exactly. think they let him fucking get on a plane and go to Russia? I don't oh, see oh, you're happen. saying? I thought you were saying. Do you think the Secret Service lets him go to prison? You no, think the, I don't, do you think I don't the think Secret Service would try if, to? If he's under indictment and he tries to just take a trip to Moscow, 
I think the Secret Service is going to be like, mm, or Kuwait. We're not going to let shit. this plane take off because right. it's what I would fucking do if I was in charge of. But that's so anything. interesting because he still technically has a relationship with Secret Service for the rest of his life or whatever. Yeah, he does. He is under their protection for the rest of his life. And he knows a lot of shit and a lot of shit that we sure don't want certain hostile powers to know. Is that part of their thing is to uh, and I know you're no expert on any of this. We're to it's totally just some dudes talking. But is that part of the Secret Service's thing is to protect the information oh, in the president? They're employees of the United States government. Mm -hmm. They follow the orders of the president. Not the current one. Not the president that may have been in office that they might be assigned to protect. The commander in chief yeah. runs the Secret Service at the end of the day. So, so Kamala could say, don't let Kamala, him. It's Kamala. So Mama Kamala so could say, don't let Kamala. him. Kamala. It's like Pamela, except Kamala. So Kamala could say, don't let him go to St. Petersburg. And then the Secret Service would say, nah, -uh, Mr. T. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think the vice president. Runs the That's going to be a big no there, Danny T. <laughs> but I think I, I do think the national security apparatus would have something to say about an ex-president fleeing the jurisdiction on the threat of criminal indictment to go to a hostile foreign power. It just doesn't seem like a thing we would want to take a chance with. I'm, that's so interesting. I'd love to see all of those scenarios play out in some sort of a Doctor Strange exercise. <laughs> where I could, OJ moment. I want to see like I viewed I viewed seven hundred million scenarios, and only one did Donald Trump get to. Is Moscow. there a situation where if <laughs> say um, if a police force tried to uh uh what's the word um uh. We you grab him. We arrest somebody. You um detain. detain. If if a police force tried to detain Donald Trump, would the Secret Service let them? Well, it depends on what for, right? Like, is he's an ex is there a situation where the secret stand the Secret Service has a standoff with local Georgia police? Well, yeah, sure. When he was president, I don't think when he's not president, there's ever a scenario in which, unless the current president. Wants to exercise jurisdiction and say you can't do this because uh -huh. I say so. Essentially, Jesus. Um, and, and let's be clear, Biden would never do that unless he had legal justification to do that. So he would have pages and memos of why it is that we can trump local authority and say you no pun intended. Am I right, bitches? <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> a, 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 but but if if a president, you know, Matt Gates decided he didn't want the fucking New York police to arrest Donald Trump. He wouldn't have any of that. He'd just be like, I'm the president. I ordered the Secret Service not to do it. And then you'd have a real shit show. If, like, if, what if, would that look like? I mean, it would look like either one of them backing down, likely the local police, or you would have a functionally a civil war. Well, okay, so let's let's do this. Let's do this thought experiment. This is all hypothetical. We are not recommending that you buy GameStop or AMC or uh, that you uh, do any of these things. But let's just say local police show up at Mar-a-Lago and just say, hey, we got to arrest DT because he... and, and Ron DeSantis is the president of the country at this point, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. There's no way Joe Biden would say, don't arrest Donald Trump. Right. And so let's just say the police show up at Secret Service and say, we have orders not to let him kind of uh, uh, be detained by anyone for any reason. Uh, and let's say the police say, okay, we'll go home. What then happens? Do they have to leave, or can he just stay in Mar-a-Lago with his Secret Service detail, and it's it's some kind of like a 
standoff situation where nah, we someone I don't think can't arrest a standoff him? there. I think it's it's Donald Trump has now flouted the law and you don't have to, he doesn't have to give a shit, which oh. is pretty much how he's lived the whole life. So I mean, this is this is not that much different from the way things were under Donald Trump. You know, it, where where any local authorities abutted against you know this i this bubble of magical impunity that he wielded for himself and whoever he decided to bring under it at the time it was just like everyone's feckless like nobody's nobody's going to stand up to him how many how many trump officials were subpoenaed to congress as far as i i know if i get a subpoena to congress it's not a fucking option to show that's up that's what was so weird about the last 4 years for me is how many subpoenas went unanswered. I had never considered the idea that if you got a subpoena, you could just not go. Technically, and and Pelosi never test- tested his authority, but technically they could have had the sergeant of arms march over to Louis DeJoy or to, to fucking Mnuchin and, and put them in fucking irons and lock them up in the Capitol until they showed up to testify. They, they have that authority. They didn't exercise it because they didn't want a constitutional showdown. So under, you know, that's what that that's the scenario that was discussed. Like what happens if the sergeant of arms shows up and Secret Service is like, fuck you, we're not you're not taking Mnuchin and they draw guns on each other. Like who wins that battle? That's what I was asking. Nobody knows the answer because nobody wants to t- risk it. Nobody, nobody went to that level of brinksmanship. And, and fortunately, the Democratic gamble in not doing it paid off because they fucking won. If they hadn't won, I I, I was kicked out of one of my partner's office who is a good friend but a diehard Republican. Really? Uh, but, yeah, I have good friends who are diehard Republicans, believe it or not. I was, I'm referring to the, he, what, you guys got in an argument? Nah, he, we just talk politics. That's just that. like lawyers, you know? Well, I mean, it's, it, neither here nor there. But <laughs> I made the comment that if Donald Trump wins in 2020, in 2020, we'll never have another election again. And he said, you got to get out of my office now. Like that was a bridge too far, but I stand by that statement. Like I really do believe. Al, you gotta get was, out of my office. This was either the last election or the next to the last election, or you know whatever. He correctly predicted Biden was gonna win. He thought he was like, "There's no way." God damn Trump it! Is gonna win. You know what I just realized? March fourth, the big QAnon uh, relaunch of the original Republic or whatever they want to do. That's the day before I'm having all my new furniture delivered. Well. You know what? Oh, I think your new furniture is going to be okay. You think it's going to be okay? <laughs> I think it's going to be You have some union workers. I have, a, I have a washing machine coming that Friday, and I have uh, my sleep number bed coming that Friday. Oh, that's exciting. My Peloton should be here next week. Oh, right on. <laughs> oh, Al's back. Al, you look lean. It's because I'm. You're losing half of my weight. It's because I'm seeing the good half. It's gravity. The background. No, it's why I wear this Shamanad hoodie. I need to get that filter. It, it, it's flattering. Like it's it's a Nike golf thing, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, we called it Chomp My Rod when we were in school. That's all good. You know what? They're a very nurturing organization and, and culture for my 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 13 year old who is not like a bro at all. Is he, he liking it? it? He loves it. Because I cannot let my own children go to public school, so I'm considering all options. I I, I was skeptical because I knew kids our age, my age, who went to Shamanon, and it was a fucking bro center. My my buddy Cameron left, um, not that Cameron, the other one, left uh, after fifth grade to go to Shamanon, and then I think he ended up flunking out, and then he's dead now. It's actually hard. Like, it's... 
the the workload has been was the biggest Jesus. shock. I know it's it's terrible. I couldn't go to his funeral. I was too upset. That is terrible. Yeah, he just uh, he had beautiful. He had a big coke problem for a long time. I don't think Shamanad had anything to do with that. No, no, no. This was after he was. No, he was genetically predisposed to addiction. I just I, want. I'm want sure this. he received a quality education when he was present for his uh, for at the six time. months he was there. For the, oh, I think he was there for all throughout junior high, but I think it was by sophomore year he was back in public school. That's really when shit hits the fan. Is it sophomore year? I don't know. I mean, everyone develops at a slightly different rate. I didn't learn how to do shit until I was in college. And even uh, then, like, it was like grad school. It was like, oh, I have to work now? Ugh. This is this sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's the jam. Anyway, um... So, Alfred, I really feel good about where we ended up there. We went all the way from, I, I have to quit going to drive throughs all the way through the stock craze of February 2021, uh, landing on what happens if Donald Trump doesn't want to go to jail? I love the hypothetical. You're kind of creating some noise. Are you touching something? Me? Yeah. I'm not. Is that better? Yes. That's weird. Okay. I was. I was actually holding the cord to the mic. You bastard. It was your electricity from your finger pulp. I, I'm sorry. It, it didn't come through in my head. No, no, no. It wouldn't. So let's go back to the drive-thru. Like, why do you have to quit drive-thrus? Because I missed well, part of the conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, uh, it's just such a hit or miss negative experience. And it's if 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 there is a drive-thru that's actually functioning, the line's going to be really long. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I'm just going to completely turn it over to delivery. I'd like to quit leaving my home entirely. Uh, and you know, uh, I'm going to get a UV lamp for down here so I can get my, um, my nature and my nurture and I'm going to get a little house plant and, uh, um, we're going to hunker down cause it's a fucking mess out there. So what are your delivery options? Because you're, oh, you're... well we're Postmates members like, and so we get all kinds of stuff. So and you're then... not leaving anything on the table in order to move away from going to the, the drive through versus getting someone else to do it for you. It's more about that. Yeah, but we're also trying to have healthier or more local options. You know, we try to support a local business or a uh, or someplace that's... I haven't been eating the food at McDonald's at all. You know what I mean? I'm really trying to step down. Um, it's literally garbage. I mean... It's just not... Yeah, it's just not how I want to spend my calories. Well, that's... I mean, this is this is how I choose most of my... It's it's funny is because the your background filter yeah. won't let yeah, us see what it is. It, it, it is a course. It is, is, here's it is a banquet. banquet. It says banquet on the can. Banquet. <laughs> we had this discussion early on in our relationship. On yeah, on this course. podcast, I think we've had right, this right. this conversation. So great. So um, let me just make, Joe. Any anything I missed in the chat for Al? I don't think so. I mean, there were some small things you could touch touch on, like minimum wage and Trump stuff like death that. experts. What is well, that? Let's go back to the. I feel like the lightning round died a very quick death. If you got more lightning round, let's do it. Oh, uh, I don't know. Well, it was just yeah. There were small things like the. Well, I don't know. Here we, you go. The, I, Al, the last thing I had written was Elon Musk. Al, you have your kids in private school, right? One of them. The other three are in. Well, one of them's in public school. One of them's in private. The other two are preschool. Is there any hope for education reform to fix? I mean, I, I'm, I'm surrounded by teachers, all teachers, Jake's teacher. Um, my girlfriend's a teacher and my sister is a teacher and like, they just, it is a horrible, uh, it's a horrible operation. And like, is that new? But I just, I just don't like, is there any hope 
for, for in your experience with the culture of politics, can they, is there any way to progress from here or does it only get worse? There are two things that make teaching suck. One is not enough money. Two is the fucking parents, right? Yeah. Like private school takes both of those things. Out no, of I mean, it also can be right. fucking crazy in the, in the system, in the, in the building. Like I have no problem with parents kids, at all. Kids suck their own like ways, but yeah. I mean, if you have the, if you have the ability to, deal with them in a way that like the system dictates makes mm -hmm. your life a lot easier if you don't have to answer the parents right yeah and i mean private school has the parents some degree but you know it, it gives it there's enough money in a private school so that that's not an aspect so you know taking the accountability away from parents and and putting it in the hands of the the teachers there's two aspects to that but you know ultimately what public teachers have to deal with is parents that can make their lives hell private school teachers can sort of do this they have some of that but at the same time it's like if your kid's really disruptive a private school's gonna be like get the fuck out of here whereas yeah. a public school doesn't have that option yeah true so there's that that is the fundamental issue when you have the schooling available to all kids i don't know how to fix that one yeah you can throw money at the problem all day, but unless you're just going to create a series of places to kick the bag, the kids that are really problems out of, yeah. you know, you're always going to have this core group of kids that are really, you know, let's, let's just face it. Some people are sociopaths and they were sociopaths yeah. when they were born and they didn't, they're, they're, there's and, no or some people are made that way that. by, by trauma and that trauma can look a lot of different ways. That's, uh, that's a, that's a nicer, a much better more progressive way well and because fucking some people some people are born damien fucking crazy and some people are made fucking crazy some people are redeemable some people just aren't and you don't know which one it is until you try really hard and public schools need to have the resources nor the ability with the parents looking over the shoulders to do either of those things yeah but you know at some level you're gonna have a core group of irredeemable people there are irredeemable people they exist. what do you as a parent how do you handle failure in parenting on the parts of other families that your kids have to interact with? It's a hard one. I mean, there's, I can think of one particular example where there was a kid that was a problem kid and it wasn't his parents fault and they weren't militant about it. Like they were just like, they wanted, they ended up pulling him out of school and I felt horrible for them, but it was the right answer. Like he needed to be somewhere that had the skill set to deal with his shit. Because he was like every class, every group that he went into, he was the problem. And and those kids, the same group of kids without him did fine and thrived. And when he walk, walked in the room, you know, for whatever reason, and I'm sure it wasn't the parents because I know them and I know and our kids played with them and it they were fine people. They didn't they weren't like fundamentally fucked up right. at all. So this kid was a Damien. And, you know, I'm not saying he was irredeemable, but, like, what do you do? And that's It was intrinsic. It wasn't even necessarily that it was his environment. I, it's it, There's probably environmental factors, but, you know, near as I could tell. Now, what it, if there was a family like that that moved in down the block and went to school with your kids that was, like, that that was, a, that was their fault? Like, what do you do about that? Well, in that case, I mean, you just stay away from them. It's a lot easier in some ways when it's like, well, these people are just shit. <laughs> like, you don't want to associate with them. These people were good people, and their kid was still a fucking monster. Like, yeah. what do you do with now? That? What if that's half of the kids? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You gotta, you go, you, you find a way to send your kids to private school. What if coincidentally, answer. like forty percent of the student population are just uh, uh, kind of uh, toxic culturally to the rest of the population? I, I, I'm not gonna call out any particular school district by name, but I'm does not it have any historical basis in your career. Um, I'm not gonna call it out. What if Hillary Clinton got pregnant while she was in her presidency? You know, like that—that that doesn't work. She would have been like seventy. That would have been fucked up. In and of itself. That's what would have been amazing—is yeah, how I mean, old she was. Fucking miracle! Yeah, because they call anything after thirty-five a geriatric pregnancy. It's actually—that's exactly the line. Yeah, I know. We—I've been through two geriatric pregnancies of my kids. How did that go? You I mean, they're fucking shit. monsters. I don't know why we did it. I know that little one is big, <laughs> dude. You don't even know. I haven't seen him in a minute. We should have him on. Is he available? No, they're in bed. That's what I was doing right before I got on. Wake that little fucker up. I want to no, talk to him. That'd no, be funny. fuck you. Oh, that'd be a great. If we ruined Al's day. You see like, the fear in my eyes? No, we're not waking them you know, up. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. We'll have to plan an earlier one. Um, I will great. definitely have my kids on at some point. It will not be entertaining or good for public consumption. You know, but it'd be good for them, maybe. Yeah, put them on a platform early. Yeah, get them out there. We're going to Macaulay Coke in the whole tribe. I mean, my daughter's already the poster child for St. Louis Children's Choir, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We got that going for us. Yeah, it's all about girls right now. And she uses that as her Zoom ba- background because she's now an entitled pitch, apparently. Yeah, she's yeah. that's hilarious. I don't care for that. Yeah. She's, I man, love I it. Just, I just called my 10-year-old daughter a bitch. An, an entitled bitch. <laughs> she's, she's not a bitch. She might be a little bit entitled. I, you know, if I... It's we're two hours in, so we're probably safe. And if but if I really like you're not going to air any of this, like we're past the point of like the Jacob V hour, like running like is that what you call my show? Is that what you call my show? The Jacob V radio hour. The Jacob, I mean, it's the Jacob V hour. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it's not a bad name for the show. I was just thinking, like, if I loved you, I would name my episode, quote, I just called my ten-year-old daughter a bitch. Please don't do that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And you know, this is the part where typically most of my audience is asleep by now because they start listening. I get this feedback all the time, and I think other podcasters do too. And just, I don't know it why. Just puts me asleep. It's so it relaxed. You know, it's so. You know what? I got so relaxed. I've twenty minutes in, fell right asleep. Last thing that's, I heard, you guys were talking about lion's choice. Are to me, like they're like my like ambient. Like audiobooks are great. Yeah. Yeah, I do have um I did have Lion's Choice for lunch. Do you today. have Ambien? No, I don't I've never actually taken Ambien. I don't trust it at all. My buddy uh used to take Ambien and he would drive across town um while he was blackout on Ambien. <laughs> That's why I don't take it. Um, I'm sure I would continue to operate also blacked out. That's the thing. I'd be afraid like I'd end up like at somebody's back door, I'd go down the alley in my pajamas and bang on someone's door and be like, Hey, <laughs> the oranges. <laughs> I'll kill you, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, I uh, my Jimmy John's just got here, so I'm gonna go eat a sandwich is, made is it, by is a guy. Is it time for us to call the podcast? It is. is I think Jimmy we're John's? we're. This has been really strong, Al. I really appreciate your time. Cut, uh, cut the part where I call my ten year old daughter a bitch, please. Yeah, let's keep bringing it up. That'll make it really easy to fix and post. Um, so Al, I'm going to let you go. Uh, if you just want to stay back for a minute, I'm just going to wrap this up guys. If you want to hold the line, hold the line or go either one. I didn't know. I didn't want to kick you off because I I know I'm drinking a beer. That's what I was saying. So yeah, let me just wrap this up real quick. You fuckers. You got to do. I'm not going to interrupt. I'll put myself on mute.
Oh. Guys, that's another episode of Jacob V Weekly. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, whatever. We have a new Instagram page for the show you heard us talk about. That's at Jacob V Weekly. We post exclusive content and now clips and highlights from previous episodes. You can also find original music by Jacob V and Too Deep on all of your platforms. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Deezer. You could bing it. Exclusively on Bandcamp, you can find music by my old band, Battlestag. I love those guys, and that's the only place where that is available currently. You can follow me on Twitter at Malachi Envy. I curate a monthly Spotify playlist since May of 2020. I have one for each month on Spotify. Search for Jacob V's favorite songs, and you'll see them all there. February's really a doozy. We did it, guys. Jacob V. Weekly, be safe. 